Want to go see your favorite college or pro team? Go to TickSplits. TickSplits provides you with the same great seats, but without the service fees. Use promo code WAR and save 5% off on all purchases at TickSplits.com or on the TickSplits app. That's promo code WAR, W-A-R-R, for 5% off on great seats to all of your favorite events. Remember, TickSplits provides you with the same great seats, but without the service fees. That's TickSplits, T-I-X-V-L-I-T-Z.com. Visit today. Welcome to the Friday edition of Second City Sports Real Live and in Living Color right here on Sports Zone Chicago, <laughs> along mm-hmm. with Miss Lakina McGee, which is she. I am Cindy Brown. Hey, that's me. You can go to SidKid80 on the Twitter in the IG. Once again, at SidKid80. Once again, at SidKid80. That's S I D K I D A zero. That's S I D K I D A zero. Follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter and at Keenan Score McGee on the IG. Make sure you download the Sports Zone Chicago app wherever you get your apps. You want to know why? Because we said so. That's why. And also, too, you can catch up on any of our live shows, including this one, Second City Sports. If you happen to miss them, you can watch them and catch and listen to them at your own leisure. And also, make sure you follow Sports Zone Chicago on all social media platforms Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Once again, at Sports Zone Chicago on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. If you want to catch the audio version of this podcast, Second City Sports, you can do so by subscribing to War on Anchor. We are available on all podcast platforms, including the iHeartRadio app. Make sure you type this in your search engine boxes on those podcast platforms. You ready? W-A-R-R on Anchor. One more again, as your kids would say. W-A-R-R on Anchor. And you can follow War Media at W-A-R Media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Once again, at W-A-R-R Media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Thank you very much in advance for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. We're not unapologetically fun, and we have very definite opinions. If you have an opinion on any of our topics during our two-hour extravaganza for our first show during the uh, for the month of March, you can go to Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Type in questions or comments in the comment section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. That's our number one golden rule. If you happen to disagree, just disagree without being disagreeable. But if you decide to troll and or do something stupid or dumb, Lakina will give you the Rob Manfred, Grayson Allen boot. Well, I'll, I'll probably be a little nicer about it. But yeah, anyway, bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> Lakina, uh, the 2022 MLB season has been put on hold because the players and the owners cannot uh, uh, come to an agreement on uh, ending the lockout, the, of course, the owners have locked out the players. I know they met yesterday in New York, the head of the Players Association and um, the head of the o- o- representative of the owners. They met for 90 minutes yesterday. I guess Kula has a prevailed, sort of. But, Lakina, I I feel, like, I, I hate using this phrase, but I feel like uh, the bridesmaid, never the bride. 
And I felt like I feel like uh, the rug has been snatched from underneath us as fans. After following everybody on Twitter the, um, earlier this week, Monday night into Tuesday, the owners met with, with the players for 15 hours on Monday. The Tuesday had the 4 p.m. Chicago time deadline. Yes, the owners played the players like almost like a bunch of sucker MCs, as you kids would say. And the players mm-hmm. said afterwards they knew what the owners were trying to do. They are standing in solidarity. We get this is business, Lakina, but the 28 years of peace, uh, labor peace since the 94 strike is all but done. The, the first week of games uh, from March 31st to March the 6th or the 7th around there has been canceled. We don't know if those games will be made up. Lakina, opening day will happen. It will just uh, be delayed. And uh, uh, call me a pessimist, but I think uh, there's more signs of trouble ahead. I hope I'm wrong, I- but I, I think it's heading that direction. I've told you, Sid, and I and I know you. You've said we've said this offline. You've said that you were also you were the optimist, and you wanted like maybe they had a chance, perhaps maybe working it out. But if you saw uh, Rob Manfred's uh, presser, it, it just didn't seem like you know Lord Voldemort, if you will, like some of the names mm-hmm. that they've been calling him. And if you look, seeing guys like Mike Trout, who doesn't really comment on these kinds of things, sort of say, look, you know, these the, you know, these folks are. Yeah, these these owners they're not look we have our reasons for doing what, what we're doing you know the owners don't have our best interests and that and that's mm-hmm. that and you know good on uh the mlb player association they set up a fund for about a million dollars for guys like you know who have who don't really you know make a lot of money who don't make the millions and millions of dollars they set up a fund for them so that you know guys can have some money coming in you know without having to play you know without them playing games so far so that's a you know, good on the players' association and on that front. Now, the first week of games have already been uh been canceled. They won't be made up. And look, it's going to be interesting to see who who uh, who blinks here because you know the, the the players are standing in solidarity. The owners right now. I look in some places, especially here in Chicago. Okay, fine. No baseball in March or you know early March to you know I mean uh, late March, early April, and such. You know, it's still snowing in some places around the country, including here. So if you're if you're one of those folks, you're thinking, you know what? Okay, fine. Now, once we get into May and June, which is when your know, kids are starting to get out of school and you know and such, you know, folks, you know, can kind of you know come, you know, take you know take days off to play, you know, to go to the games, and you know the weather's gonna be warming up. So that's when you wonder, okay, how who's gonna blink here? Will it be until May or June where all this happens? You hope it doesn't get to that point, but. I don't know. I think at this point, Sid, I mean, it, it, they're going to be locked out for a while, I feel like. I think the owners will have to get creative with their proposals uh, uh, to uh, get the players back on the field. We all, As you said, the uh, the players want to get back on the field. They're in solidarity right now. And I don't know if you read the article from our good friends at Awful Announcing, but they were talking about these regional sports networks. Of course, yep. NBC Sports Chicago is the exclusive home of the White Sox. Of course, you had the Marquee Network, the network. Uh, the the Cubs TV network mm-hmm. uh, after 25 games uh, it's going to dish out a rebate and those yep. owners even though they could sit out the entire season we saw that in 2020 due to the pandemic without having any fans in the stands and the reason why all these four major pro sports here in the United States got paid because of the TV contracts but those regional sports networks invest a lot of money into broadcasting those games roughly about 142 on average for all the major league teams of course we all know about the national television contracts that got reeled with mm-hmm. Turner Sports, Fox, ESPN, especially. And we'll get into the competitive balance tax and then some of the numbers in just a moment. But this number really hits home. The players wanted the 12 team playoff yep. uh, expansion. It looks like we're going to get that eventually. But the owners wanted 14. You want to know why? Because of the big paycheck from ESPN. That's why. 
if the owners would have gotten their way with the 14 expansion of the playoffs, ESPN would have, were going to cut them a $100 million check. With the 12-team playoff, ESPN was going to give them $85 million. So you do the numbers there. You use common mm -hmm. sense. But I think the owners will cave in a little bit only because technically they don't need the fans in the stands. But uh, people care. Th those people deep down care about optics. And the longest this goes on, you're going to lose a whole lot more fans. And Major League Baseball already has a marketing problem and a PR mm -hmm. problem, starting with Commissioner Brian Manfred. But if they don't get on the field by at least late April, it's going to get ugly. As I said before, and I say it again, it's going to get worse, much worse than 1994. I know 1994, we didn't have playoffs or World Series. Uh, technically, that was supposed to have been the first year of the wild card. And it had mm -hmm. to be pushed back a year, but this could potentially get worse if it we start in um, late and uh, early May or perhaps June. I don't think it's going to get that far, but uh, it's going to get ugly if we have no games in April. The whole thing about this is that I always feel like, and I've said this for years, and you know this, that the season's too long. The baseball season's too long anyway. 162 games plus, you know, you got wild card, they got you know divisional series and you know playoffs, mm -hmm. uh, the LCS, and then the World Series. That's a long time. I mean. You know, the Braves didn't beat the Astros. They didn't clinch that to like what when was like that like mid mid November? Like it was like a couple. It seems that the way. <laughs> I, I mean, it's sort of one of those things where you sort of say to yourself, "Hold up, okay, let's let's think about this for a second. Are we seriously like you know thinking that maybe okay, let's add another wild card? Okay, fine. You're making the season a little even longer. Now, mm -hmm. I my proposal has always been. You know, cut the you know, cut the you know the first month of regular season. Get the cut the last month of regular season. You have about what a hundred games, maybe hundred and ten or whatever. You know, give or take. Do the um, I don't know. Do do maybe maybe, maybe like you know start started like late April and oh maybe like in mid May and then probably go into um you know finish by September, early September by Labor Day. And then you can have your playoffs and your extra you know wild cards mm -hmm. and whatnot. Then you can have the season can be over with before Veterans Day. So you're going into, you know, having it this long, you're going into college and pro football, you know, college basketball, you know, you know, it kind of like in the early stages. So is the NBA. So you're, you know, you're at that point where you're, your season's already too long anyway, I feel like. So if you're in that, that, you know, that realm of, you know, let, let's, you know, let, let's try to make the season longer. I mean, you're probably going to have to make the season shorter. And you're also, you're, look, you already have a marketing problem too. Like you said, Sid, who mm -hmm. knows some of these that, you know, you know, we know Mike Trout, we know some of the other, you know, Jose Altuve is on the other guys, but do we know any other players? You know, baseball has done a really good job, like in the last like 10 or 15 years, marketing their stars. That's always been a problem. So I, I honestly don't know what, what can be done at this point. If you're baseball, you're going to have to change your whole trajectory tra trajectory of everything. And I, I, I don't know well, what, what can be done. Are there any ideas? And we'll go through the numbers, Sid, because these numbers are, are, are like it kind of makes you some, – some of the numbers make you want to scratch your head. You're listening to Second City Sports. We're live in the Color, the first show for the month of March on the hashtag Fun Friday, Friday Fun, whatever you want to call it, <laughs> along with Lakina McGee, I'm Sydney Brown. You're listening to Sports Zone Chicago. As we talk about the MLB lockout, how long do you think the MLB lockout is going to go? Will they get a deal done within a couple of weeks? So do you expect the season to start in May or June? Or do you think it's going to start in mid-April? We don't. We want to know your comments and questions. Just go to Sports Zone Chicago's Facebook page or Sports Zone Chicago on YouTube. Type in your answers in the comment section, Lakina. We get them up on the screen for you, Lakina. Uh, let, let's go to the marketing problem. We all know that baseball uh, lacks 
of uh, the, the fan base of which they're trying to market it to. I believe it's still uh, it's an older man's uh, a game in terms of marketing to. They're trying to market it to young people. I know they got a few of the rules changed with the we will have the universal DH coming, designated hitter. We already have the pitch clock. You don't have to do uh, intentional walk anymore with four straight pitches. Just do one pitch, uh, pitch out to the catcher, and they're on first base. And I, I know they're trying to install the pitch clock, but there's more that has to be done. Yeah. And also, too, you know, do does anybody know anybody? Can you name one person from the Seattle Mariners? They got a really good young team, but can you name like five players from there? Mm-mm. You can't. Outside of Mike Trout, do you can you name or and, and Otani? Can you name anybody from the Angels? No. Nope. Nope, you can't do that either. So it is a big marketing problem, and this has been going on for years now with baseball. And you know, it could be you know, it could be the owners. Yes, it could be the owners of those teams. Maybe they can do it better. But the baseball as a whole needs to do a better job of marketing their players. I mean, you know who the White Sox, you know, White Sox, you know, players are. You can you can name five guys from the White Sox, or at least three. Mm-hmm. And you know, in, in Atlanta, you probably name a couple. Freddie Freeman. Oh, well, he might not be. He might not be a brave. You know, once you know, all that's done, we'll we'll get to all that. You know, in mm-hmm. due time. But you know, it's sort of one of those things where unless you're really like a die-hard baseball fan, you don't know some of the top, you know, top-tier guys. And also, too, I think the median base age of a baseball fan. I think they said they did. I don't know if they did for this past season, but I think I know a couple of seasons back, you with the the shortened season, it was what like fifty-eight or fifty-nine. You're not mm-hmm. seeing a lot of you know folks in their twenties and younger watching, you know, sitting there watching baseball games, whether it's through, you know, live, you know, at the stadium, you know, or on their phone or on their you know, computer mm-hmm. or whatever device. So they're not watching, they're not streaming it. They're not even streaming it. So, you know, that that's a big problem for baseball. And you wonder though, that they're going to have to maybe, you know, hire some younger marketing you know, folks to kind of try to tap into that market. Maybe do what the NHL is doing, you know, getting influencers to go to these games and that can, you know, perhaps, Maybe if they get access to access to players, you know, with the restrictions starting to lift a little bit, you know, maybe mm-hmm. get one of them to kind of go, you know, interview some of your top top guys. You need to do something. You need to kind of change the way they market it because if not, like and we've been saying this for the last couple of months, they're going to be an afterthought. So I, I baseball needs to kind of get together with everything, you know, their scheduling, you know, their marketing, and just about everything else in between. Let's go back to the schedule. You know, I, I said this on the show a couple of times before, and this was, was my plan for years. And re, you remember they started in late April in 1995 coming off the 94 strike, mm-hmm. and they had a 100-game season. And, of course, they had the playoffs with the uh, debut of the wild card. I like that. I like that schedule, Lakina. And plus, you don't have to start the season as early as they do now in early March where, like you mentioned, half the cities, including here in Chicago, are still dealing with the after effects of winter in early part of spring when you still have sub temperatures of 30 degrees and 40 degrees with rain and possibly snow all the time. Uh, you start to remember back in the day, they started uh, between April 8th and April 15th. Yep. And because I saw down the road that they were going to expand the playoffs, which they're uh, getting ready to do at some point. And uh, of course, uh, if you take something away, especially now with, with more revenue streams coming and not just old school advertising products, uh, how are you going to make that up if you chop up uh, eight, uh, 18 games off the uh, off the 162-game schedule? You add another round of playoffs, playoffs because right now, the way they're going, you're going to finish up on Thanksgiving. I love baseball just like you do, Lakina. You really run into the heart of the college football season, even though it's the beginning of the NBA season, but you really – uh, running to the end of the college football season. And you, we know that the NFL kicks up on Thanksgiving because it's starting 
of the drive to the playoffs. Yep. You're not going to win there. You're just not. And I, I was listening to some show in New York on the fan. Mm-hmm. They were talking, and some of the older fans were, were calling into the show talking about let's start the World Series games at 3 30 in the afternoon on Saturday. <laughs> I get the idea, but, but this is the name of the game is advertising, advertising, advertising. The more people you get watching those games, especially at night, that's how this goes. The, the more money you get, these big networks understand that. I get where the, a couple of those calls were coming from, but we're not going to go back to those days anymore. And plus, if you had. Uh, after new World Series games, especially whether it's during the week or the weekend, are you gonna get the common folks to, to cut work exactly. early to go to those mm-hmm. games? No, you won't. Yeah, and that, I think that's the problem too. I've heard some of those calls here in some of the cities, you know, here in Chicago, of course. I heard in Texas, you know, people saying the same thing. Older fans are saying that maybe they should go back to that. It, it's not gonna so you get the kids to watch. I get it, but. It's not going to happen. Yeah, and it, it, let's remember too. I mean, kids are still in school. Then, if you do it, you know, the, if you're talking about you know doing the World Series, you know, having three, four, or five o'clock games, you know, like it was back in the day, that's not going to happen. Yeah, I mean, th- you know, they're not. It's not. You know, they're not tuning in to watch like you know, 35, 30, 35 million people are not tuning in to watch you know the World Series anymore. That's the you know with, with everything else. With you got all these cable networks, you got all these streaming services now. Some of them even free. So I, I feel as though that. You know, people that the, the direction needs to change and you know, the minds that needs to change. And I think that the sooner baseball realizes that hopefully maybe the owners and Robert Manfred can figure this out. But, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, will they, you know, will they and, will, and can they do it before it's too late? Special uh, a special guest is joining us right now, friend of the show. She's a Chicago sports reporter and host for WBZ 91.9 FM here in Chicago. And she's our uh, personal Chicago sports historian. I am talking about, of course, the lovely and talented Miss Cheryl Raystyle. Cheryl, welcome back to the program. How are you? Good. How are you doing? How are you guys doing? We're doing fine. Uh, doing good, fine. How's good, your day good. going? Uh, nice and smooth. Just Ooh. taking it easy. Yeah, I wish we were taking it easy talking about baseball. Of course, right yeah. now we would have been in the middle of spring training, uh, counting down to original opening day, which was March 31st. Now, that's been X, of course, the MLBPA, and then the owners are at a standoff. I know that um, both heads of those groups had a meeting yesterday in New York City for about 90 minutes. We don't know when they're going to meet again, Cheryl. Uh, kind of sort this all out for us. Uh, right now, as I, me and Lakina discussed before we brought you on here, as a fan, I'm angry at, um, and rightfully so, but we knew this was coming, but it looks like the owners got personal and teased us all earlier this week, and now we have no deal, and we don't know when, when we're going to see baseball. I don't think they're going to cancel the season. There's too much on the line, but it looks like it's going to be an ugly fight. What was interesting was a report that came out with the last 24 hours is that there are four owners from Arizona, mm-hmm. the Angels, the uh, Reds, and the Tigers are the ones that held up the, the whole thing about the uh, luxury tax. Think mm-hmm. about it. Those teams, you know, it, it, it's it's insane. And you would think it would be probably some of the uh, the other owners, the bigger billionaires, but no, it's these these guys are, are holding it up for the other teams which makes you suspect as if this could get changed, which means that there's infighting going on with the owners, you know, and, and that's what's, what's really coming out of this. The other thing is they're losing, the owners and MLB is losing any support from fans because they don't know how to use social media and the players and the union knows how to use social media and they're getting message out. And then today they announced that they're giving, they have a fund now 
for all the uh, day workers that they're yep. they're going to help support. So they're doing things. They know how to get in front of their story. And, you know, there's all sorts of other things about this, this uh, agreement that's not being reached is, you know, players have lost money in the last four years. They have not made more money. So, you know, the onus is on the owners and Rob Manford, who Mike Manfred, who really looks like a clown in all this. He really does. <laughs> I, I mean, think a lot of, I think a lot of people would agree on that. <laughs> did you at that press conference? It's like he was kind of jovial about it. And I'm thinking, yep. this is hard, you know, meaty stuff, and you're kind of making light of it. And cavalierly, oh yeah, you're gonna cancel the games. You know, I I truly believe that the owners intended on not having an April schedule. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because they don't fill in their stadiums because of the weather, usually in, in the cold weather spots where there's no dome. They don't fill their stadiums. They figured they could take that hit. But the players do not get one paycheck until the regular season starts. Right. And that's where they're they're really putting the screws to the players. What are like besides that, what are kind of like the main like sticking points? You know, is it revenue? Is it, you know, TV money? You know, what what what's really like the other like main sticking points in this whole thing? Well, the main sticking point is the luxury tax. That's the that's the big one. The other is raising the minimum wage, especially for your pre-arbitration players. Those players have to wait six years, six years in order to start making, you know, being free agents or going to arbitration. So that's a lot. That's a, lot, a long time, and a lot of players' longevity is not even six years, you know. So they're not going to make that money. That's my my point before about wages going down because those players aren't there. Those are those are the two big things that that's really holding it up. Now they've settled the other thing. When you, you were ta- asking about revenue, they're going to make more money because the players have agreed to and the owners to twelve teams in the playoffs. The owners wanted fourteen; they were able to get twelve. You know, you could be on that. Then you're really watering down the playoffs like you do in the NHL. Sorry, the NHL has way too many teams in the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> but with that said, you know, they've got some smaller things, but that the, it, that luxury tax is the real crux of the matter. And as I mentioned, when you have four owners steadfastly not wanting to change that, that's a big issue. Cheryl Ray Stout, our Chicago sports historian. She's a Chicago sports reporter from WBZ. Join us here on Second City Sports. We're live in Living Color right here on Sports on Chicago. Celia Kenny here with you. Cheryl, let's stay on the revenue side of the owners for, uh, for a moment. There was an article where we talked about this before we brought you on, uh, courtesy of awfulannouncing.com, that these regional networks, of course, Chicago with Marquee Sports Network, with the Cubs and NBC Sports Chicago with the White Sox. They're including here as well. These regional sports networks will not ask for rebates until after game 25 because most of these teams have our lo- local networks are contracted to broadcast roughly between 142, 145 games because some games are on Fox and ESPN exclusively. Right. Uh, talk to us about that because if the owners don't want to play uh, uh, games in April, uh, I think they're going to uh, budge uh, sooner rather than later because there's uh, less money from these networks that pay a lot of money to air those games. The owners are not going to get. Yeah. Right. And and, and and you mentioned the two Chicago teams. Marquee hurts more than anybody because that's, yeah. that's all they really have. And it's mm-hmm. really not very good programming mm-hmm. besides the games. I mean, face facts. At least with NBC Chicago, they still have other teams. 
you know, they're still, you know, they, they've got their fingers crossed that the Bulls have, you know, a nice, nice long run because not just the games, you can make money off of your local programming about those playoff games. And that's where they're hoping for it. You know, the Blackhawks, that's a lost cause. Sorry, I know, Sid, you're a big hockey fan. <laughs> <laughs> but, but we'll get to them later. <laughs> but yeah. those, those revenues are, are are important, and that's and that's why they're okay with losing April. But they don't they don't want to go beyond April. That's probably that's where that's their line of demarcation is. We don't want to lose any money with our local affiliates because remember, uh, Jerry Reinstorf has ownership in NBC Chicago. Mm-hmm. You know, and and Rickettstead is his baby with Marquis, so they that they don't want to lose money on that. Mm. Or let's line it up a little bit here. Let's go to the Harwood and NBA with the Bulls. Unfortunately, the Bulls lost a tough one last night to Atlanta. They have their summer revenge game, you know, against Milwaukee tonight. You know, it's going to be ESPN. Yeah, oh, big, big, big. Oh, yeah. Tristan Thompson. Are, Tristan Thompson. Oh, well, we'll get to that in a second. But uh, I know they've lost. You know, they've lost three in a row. So it's coming. You know, coming back from break. I know injuries and such, you know, they're number two, they're number three, I should say, right now behind Miami and Philly. Uh, can the Bulls sort of keep it together or will they fall a little bit further? What What do you think? I think right now they're kind of treading water a little bit. Uh, what may not realize that they have the second toughest schedule coming out of the break. And that really has come come to roost for them. Um, what, they're, what they're hurting... What's the category they're hurting the most in? It's defense. Yep. And defense is something that there's two players that are sitting on the bench recovering from injuries. When they were playing, the Bulls were the top defensive team for a while. So you got to keep your fingers crossed that when Alex Caruso comes back and Lonzo Ball, Alex Caruso is, is a factor, not just his defense, but his on-court presence helping the other players mm-hmm. and he's a vocal leader and he knows how to run. So I think if they could get him back and, and we're hearing him sometime, maybe next week, he could come back. That's going to settle some things down. And that means that, uh, you know, Zach Levine, who's, you know, having some issues with his knee still, and he will for the rest of the season, he needs to have some of those breathers so that uh, Alex Caruso can help, you know, help uh, a defense and, and let him, you know, take, take a, a back seat. But I do like some of the things. I do like Tristan Thompson being on this team. And tonight it's going to be very interesting to see how he handles Grayson <laughs> <laughs> Allen. But but I, I like Billy Donovan's philosophy. And he's got to say, he's saying all the right things. And, and he will because he's a coach. But he's saying, I wanted my team to go through adversity because adversity is what's going to help them when they go into the playoffs to understand these moments and be able to make the adjustments. And I, and he's had to use his two young, you know, kids in the backcourt, Ayo DeSumo and Kobe White has had more playing time than they were supposed to have at this point. And that's going to help them again into the postseason once those two players come back. The other issue is, will Patrick Williams be part of this, you know, the, the end of the season in, in the playoffs? He's been getting more and more basketball uh, act, activities. And I think he, if, tell him he doesn't have to score. Just defend the basket. Just be in the post. Help out, you know, Nikola Vukovic. If he could do that, he could be a factor in the postseason. Let's talk about DeMar DeRozan. He's having a career year. Of course, he's been a multi-all-star, multi of course, with his years with Toronto. And, of course, we know what he did with San Antonio the last couple of years. Uh, not so much locally, but nationally. Uh, people trash uh, the Bulls front office for making a deal to bring over DeRozan. Like I said, he's having the MVP-type season. I know 
when you get into your early 30s and you start to train down downwards uh, coming out of your prime. Talk to us about uh, DeRozan's season and where do you have him uh, ranked as far as uh, winning MVP? I think he's in the he's I think Mar Demar who's happy. I mean this is what a what a great story he is. He really is a great story. And he played in Toronto, which you know I I know the NBA everybody you know knows the players and teams and everything. But really, when you have some of these markets like Toronto, you don't really have the national spotlight on them. Mm -hmm. And then when he got traded to San Antonio, that's when San Antonio has been in their you know their retooling, and he never had the spotlight then. But the, the coolest thing was when we, we got to talk to Popovich when he was in town recently. And he talked about he took the time that he had with DeMar to develop more of his game and, and give him more of the confidence. And, and DeMar has talked about that, too. And when a player in his 13th year has been able to apply the lessons he's learned from his previous stops and apply it and have a mid-range game, that seems to be lost because everyone wants to shoot the threes. So, and he's so smart about his spacing. He knows how to fool the defenders. When you have that ability, it makes everything else work. And he makes it look effortless. He's got a, he's very calm about what he does. And I know he gets riled up with the officials, which is always interesting. Mm -hmm. but, but when you see, when you really watch his game, just his game, I really like the way he, he approaches it. And so with, his, with the way he plays, and the fact is, you know, what what he's what he's done in that run when he had the 30 plus points and the 35 uh, plus points plus 50 percent field goal shooting. That was a really because he is playing the game that works for him and not trying to play the game. Everybody wants to play in the NBA is shooting, you know, beyond the arc. So I, I, I just like his game. I like his demeanor and I, I like his his connect connection with some of the young players. He's taken Io DeSumo under his belt. He's taken mm -hmm. him and said, you know what, this is how to do things. And I would assume to me, I'm just loving his growth, his maturity, how he's handling it. And when you have a veteran that's willing to do that, they're gold. Because too many people are, too many players are into the, you know, like themselves or, you know, like da, 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 da. but he's invested in his teammates. And that says a lot about him and says a lot about the fact that this team they just they get along really well. You can feel it when you're around them. Fortunately, now with with uh, you know the COVID situation getting better, I'm actually able to talk to these players, you know, one on one, you know, so I get a better handle on them. And so you, you look at what he's done, and you look at what he can do. I think right now he may be getting a little tired. You, you know, you you probably, yeah, the back to back games are going to be kind of rough on him. So I don't know because the schedule is way so tough that I don't know if he's ever going to get a rest, but he really should get a rest in the next couple of weeks. Somehow Billy's got to find a way to kind of like reduce his minutes. Yeah, I think he might. I think he might do that. Uh, you actually asked on my question about IO because he's been very impressive. He had 15 uh, last night. You know, Trey Young, unfortunately, got his revenge in a little bit. You know, he hit a couple of big shots over him. But, <laughs> but yeah, but, you know, like you said, you know, with DeMario taking him under his wing and kind of, you know, you can see that sort of the, you know, you know, he's kind of being molded. And what, what do you think is the ceiling for Io? I think Io, we don't know yet. I think, I think, I think there's a lot that because you know what, he's very coachable. I know that's throwing around a lot, but you you really could see it because Billy Donovan sits down with him after a game and, and, and goes over you know things that he, he that he has to take and take care of taking care of the ball or maybe where he should be in in a particular scheme, and then the next game he applies it. That doesn't happen with a lot of players, you know, when you're that young. I, I really 
like the fact that he was in college for three years. That says an awful lot about him being able to process, you know, not just the game, but the maturity. You know, when I was 18 and 19 years old, I couldn't handle the stuff these guys handled in the NBA, you know, coming out of college for after one year and, and playing. So when you, you've got a kid that's already got that maturity factor there and is willing to grow even more. And like I said, you know, with Lonzo Ball being out, this was his opportunity. He was the 30th pick in the draft. Mm-hmm. I want to. I would love to be able to talk to every general manager that passed him up and asked him why you didn't even think about taking this kid. Unless you had a point guard that he was already, you know, there. But I'm, you know, and he, and he was... He was considered a backup, but but I think COVID helped in that way because a lot of uh, scouts were not at games. So being in Illinois and the fact is the Bulls were able to see him more probably helped them and realize, oh, this this kid's a real deal and, and also be able to vet him through, you know, his family and, and stuff like that. So they, they were able to take advantage of the pandemic in order to, you know, pick a player that they probably knew better than most teams did. One more question about the Bulls before we move on, Cheryl. Uh, of course, you mentioned Billy Donovan. And, uh, of course, we saw the uh, the attitude of this team last year, even though they missed the playing tournament due to Zach Levine. Part of it was because he missed uh, some games due to COVID last year. Of course, we've seen the turnaround this year uh, with better talent. But through the injuries, through COVID, and through this tough schedule, what grade would you give Coach Donovan uh, as of right now? i give him like an A-. minus. Because I, I think I think he his his in his game preparation, um, I think sometimes you know I look at some of the, the players he may have on the, on the floor once in a while that I, I question, but 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 overall, they're prepared, they 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 have a plan, you know he looks at the matchups, you know he he's got you know like like last night we saw him have Tristan Thompson on the court at the same time as as Vukovic, which is going to be interesting if he starts using that further on, especially when you play bigger teams. I want to see that when they play Philadelphia. You know, I, so I and, 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 and Brooklyn, you know, those two teams, I want to see him and do that. But he's got he's very measured, but it's not phony. You know what I mean? You know, you just see those 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 coaches, you know, they're full of crap. Something about, <laughs> there's something about Billy. There's there's a an authentic, genuine. And the players, we, they, they say it back to us that he cares about them. And you and you just feel it, and they 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 respond to it. Now, sometimes they may not have the talent level that other teams have, but it's not going to be because of the lack of effort. And they have to say, with him and his coaching staff, I would love to be able to he- listen in on Mo Cheeks talking to Io and Lonzo Ball and Alex Caruso. I mean, wouldn't that be cool to be able to listen to that conversation yeah. between those guys? So he's got the right staff around him. I think AK's done a really mm-hmm. good job. You know, remember during the whole time during the COVID, you know, problems that they were having in December. Imagine what that that the front office had to do, and their scouts had to do to try to find the players to fit in last second, and yeah. they did a pretty good job with that. It, yeah. it wasn't easy, but they did that. And Billy's been able. Okay, I got I, I got a guy out. He won't make players being injured be an excuse. It just means that other players get more opportunity and have a better, you know, better chance of, of, of being in, in the game. So I've, I've liked a lot of what he's done. There's very little areas where I go, mm, but most mostly I, I think he's done a positive job. And I think he's going to get some votes for coaches. Let's of the go year. to the grid. I hear. Yeah. 
Yeah, he should. He, I think he will. Uh, let's talk about the Bears for a second. A totally new regime. Uh, via Ryan Poles, new GM, Matt Eberflus, a new head coach. You got a whole new coaching staff. You got mostly from you know his you know his days in Indianapolis. You know, coach Eberflus. What do you think? What do you think the Bears have to do to kind of like get back into back into like in the, being that contending team that people were expecting you know, the last few years? Well, I think when he starts really, you know, delving into his roster, he's, you know, he's looking at it going, oh boy, I got some real issues. You know, uh, Ryan Pohl said down at the combine on, on Monday that they have to make, they have to change their offensive line to be uh, way less, quicker. And if you look at the Bears offensive line as it is right now, do you see anybody that fits that? No. <laughs> no, so, no ma'am. <laughs> and, and that's 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 his that's his that's his position. That's what he played, so he knows that really well. But with Matt, with, with, I, it's really terrific that that Indianapolis allowed Matt Eberflus to bring his defensive co- you know, coaches with him, because that did not, Matt Nagy was denied any of his coaches from Kansas City. And so you you have one part of the of the of the team the defense that's already in place. The wild card is going to be how does Luke Getze, how does he handle the offense? What does he do with, mm-hmm. you know, with Justin Fields? And when you when when <laughs> Ryan Poles, you know, so the one player he was interested in because he's really like we said is is Mooney Darnell Mooney. I'm going, yeah, but there's a whole lot of other receivers you got to get on this mm-hmm. team. Mm-hmm. They need more receivers. They need more playmakers. What do you do with Ellen Robinson? Does does he definitely go away? And I think he probably will. Mm-hmm. So you have that, but but he also has to address what players is he going to shed? Where is he going to? You know, what money does he uh, does he say? Okay, we got to cut this person off. Don't be surprised if they you know we're going to see Akeem Hicks probably gone. I think they're going to try to see what they can do with Khalil Mack. You know, his he hasn't he, he remember he didn't play a lot of games last year. Mm-hmm. You know, and he makes a lot of money. Right. Can he restructure his contract? You know, if they can restructure his contract, that may help them. They also have to address, there's so many areas of need that they have. And so Ryan Post has got a tough job. He only has five draft picks, five, and no first rounder. That really hurts you. So he, and, and the thing is when you, when you come into a job like he did at the point he does, he doesn't have a whole new scouting staff. He has the he has Ryan Pace's scouting staff. So hopefully they're going to be on the same page when they make decisions when they're down at the combines, when they start preparing for the draft. And I think the important area is the undrafted players. They have to find the right ones that mm-hmm. fits what Matt Eberflus wants and what this team needs. And that's you know that's going to be an area that they have to look at. Uh, you mentioned, and that was going to be my next question to you, Cheryl, about uh, not having as many picks because they don't have a first round of this year because of the Ryan Pace did train to train it to the Giants for acquiring Justin Fields last year. And uh, I meant to bring this up on our show, Lakina, on Monday, but I'll bring it up here. And Cheryl, you'll be the f- first person that I'll ask this to. Darnell mm-hmm. Mooney is very good. He's the only playmaker you have at the right, re- pre- right receiver position right now. Of course, David Montgomery, I think, is the best officer player at the running back position. Would you try and at least entertain the offer of trading Darnell Mooney? You probably won't get what you want, but this team needs more picks. No, I, I think you, you still, he, he's a player that works well with Justin Fields, and, and Justin Fields needs needs a little bit of a cushion there. You know, and I think, you know, David Montgomery also, you know, he's in he's in the year they have to pick up his contract or not pick it up. 
And that's going to be interesting. I don't think mm -hmm. they will. Because I think I think Herbert is going to be the, the guy that's going to you know get that get some snaps in, in his place. I, you know, I don't know who they can trade to to, to make that work, but there's got to be somebody on that on that roster. You go, you know what? I think we could make some deals for some of these guys, and and, and I think they have to look at their tight end situation and see if Cole Komet can can uh, you know forge a little bit more of a more playing time. We don't know how good some of these plays are, are or are not because of the way it worked last year and the year before. I mean, Matt Nagy's system didn't work. And so is it because it is it because it was so, so bad, the schemes, or was it because the talent isn't there? And that's what's really hard, Sid, is not knowing who's good and who's not. Yeah, yeah here's the thing, though. Here's the thing, though. Uh, you know, this coach, you say, I'm sure they finished up looking at the tape in every game from this past season. And I'm sure they had about two or three uh, garbage cans <laughs> throwing over watching that <laughs> offensive good. Grief. So, so I, I, uh, I'm i sure they had a lot of cleaning up to do in those offices at Hallis. So before I give it back to Lakina, I wanted to ask you, since uh, their first pick will be the second round pick, wh which position do you think they'll go after with that second round pick? Office alignment, wide receiver? Or will they uh, pick up? Uh, me personally, I still think they need another defensive end. Since especially since they're going back to the four three. Four three. Yeah. Oh, what? What, what, uh, uh, what would you do with that second round pick? Did we lose Cheryl? Did we did we lose her? Oh, I, I thought you were going to the key. I was, no, I was, I was, I was, no, I was asking you the question. What would you do with you that Cheryl. second round pick? Would you go offensive line, wide receiver? Well. If if you have a top top offensive line, that's where alignment. That's where you go. You have to because that's he. When anybody, no matter who it is, when they mention something more than one time, more than two times, more than three times, you can kind of figure out that's where they're going after. That's what they're targeting. And so I think he's targeting offensive line. But I don't know that I don't know the draft prospects right now. And I think it's you know it's an incumbent to to put that out there. But what he has to figure out, he cannot just take the best player. He's got to take the best player at that position is what he's got to do. And I think that's probably where he's going to lean. Hmm. Oh, this is okay. supposed to be a good draft. The one thing I understood, this is supposed to be a good draft for receivers. So he could probably yeah. get receivers further down. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, that's a nice lot of depth there. What about Khalil? Like, I know you said that maybe restructuring his contract. I've heard some people say maybe trade him to probably get those extra picks. You know, you think that's a possibility? It could be. I, I think it could be. But you know, when you look at his, you know, I I love I love that guy. I mean, I absolutely love him. But how often he wasn't on the field the last couple of years too? You know, that has to be factored in there because once a player starts having lack of time on on the field because of injuries. It's not like they have an instance, you know, all of a sudden their body, you know, regenerates and they become, you know, Superman again. It's very hard. So I'm very concerned about that because mm. of these type of injuries he's had. Um, but I, because I don't think next year is going to be a year where you're going to think they're going to be very, very successful. You got to, you know, you got to, you got to put it, you just, if they play above 500, that would be fantastic. If they are under 500, that should be expected because they just don't have the team right now. And it's going to take an awful lot. I mean, they're going to be scouring the wires and everything to try to, you know, fill some needs. And they, they may they may not be able to do it right away. 
again, going back to having lack of draft picks, the draft, he, and the thing is, Ryan Pohl says he wants to build the roster through the draft. Well, the only way you're going to get draft picks is making a trade. And I think Khalil Mack could be a tra- player that could be tradable. Heading down the home stretch with Chicago sports reporter Cheryl Ray Stout of WBEZ FM, right here on the Friday edition of Second City Sports. We're live in Living Color, right here on Sports Zone Chicago. Sid Lakina here with you. Cheryl, let's get to the Blackhawks. Of course, last night they honored uh, Nicholas Jamerson, the three time Stanley Cup champ, before the game last night against Edmonton. Of course, Duncan Keith made his return to the United Center. Of course, the last time we had you on, we discussed the whole um, Cal Beach um, situation. We won't rehash that again, but uh, this team, uh, I know Cal Davidson is now the new official new general manager, but this team keeps stepping on its own toes uh, with another bad, a couple of bad PR hits. Of course, Ryke Words disrespecting Philip Thompson from the Tribune, Mark Lazarus of the Athletic during that town hall meeting. Of course, uh, the article that Scott Powers of the Athletic put out last week uh, regarding Pat Foley's last season behind the mic. Of course, now uh, they're trying to reduce John Weidman's role, the radio voice of the Blackhawks, uh, next season. Uh, <laughs> what do you think about all this? Because uh, right now, uh, I'm a fan, but I'm given the I know this uh, new leadership role with the Blackhawks organization. Of course, with any organization, with any job, uh, you bring in new people. They want to bring in their own, their own uh, uh, new set of eyes. But I'm kind of giving the Blackhawks organization the side eye right now. It, it does not look good. Yeah, there's a lot of areas it doesn't look good. I, I will say. A lot of it, a lot of it is, is pretty glaring, but I will say that Kyle Davidson is pretty impressive when you get to meet him and talk to him. Um, and and a lot of things that wasn't revealed in, in that press conference probably should have been talked about. What he's done, the changes he made because of the Kyle Beach situation, that they have two psychologists in the locker room every day for the staff and for the players. If they need to talk to them, that they had set up a hotline and an email that people could send messages if they have a problem, you know, so they could do it anonymously. So they've done this and they want to do something to help the youth hockey, which is, this is where the problem really has been very pervasive is, is in the youth hockey. Mm-hmm. So those are things they should have made more public than they have, but that's what they've done. So I, I, I give him credit for that. And I also give him credit because he said that they're going to have a rebuild, not a retool, because that's what they've done the last several years is retool and they never, did the right things. That's where Stan Bowman failed miserably, is not really fit getting the right parts. So with that said, I think I think the front office is going to be okay in, in the on the hockey hockey operation side. Business side, they cannot get a they can't get away from themselves getting into trouble with what they do. What they've done to Pat Foley is incredible. What they are now doing to John Weiderman is incredible. And the Thank problem you. is when you bring in somebody from the outside, from Dallas, to come in here and say, oh, I'm going to take care of, you know, I'm going to make all these changes. And you have this revolving broadcast crew. And I have nothing against them, but it's hard when you don't have the knowledge of the team. It just doesn't come off very well. They already they made their uh, broadcasters and radio take pay cuts before the season started. And then they told them they wanted them to do social media while they were announcing. I mean, there's some people that are very good at that. Jason Bonetti's very, very good at that. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Chuck Sworsky does a pretty good job with that. Yes. 
but mm-hmm. hockey you can't it's it's that's a continuous sport there are very few breaks you know it's it's a constantly moving sport and so they failed with that and and what and a very very credible source very credible told me that pat foley had no intentions of retiring that was not what he wanted to do and they kind of and yet they they kind of what is the, what's the phrase putting lipstick on a pig yeah mm-hmm. when they when they said you know yeah he's in agreement don't believe it i don't he does not want to retire but now you know he's got to be gracious about it. he's not he's not going to you're not going to hear him coming from him but the fact is he should still be in that booth he should still be and, and, and leave when he when you're a hall of famer you should be able to leave when you want to leave because he has not lost one iota of how he broadcasts a, a hockey game not one and john weiderman if and if you're going to do that john weiderman they're not going to let him go on, on tv the thing is when you do do radio because you don't have the video you do have to have much more explanation going on and, and so you're you know right. he's good enough where he can make the adjustment and also that where, where's most of your audience going to be for for any sport i love radio i've done radio my whole life mm-hmm. but still television is the sport because hockey was always a bad television sport it's now one of the better sports to watch on tv and so if you have the voice who's got the background who has understands a team that knows what's going on and have him in that booth that will help the transition especially when you're going through a rebuild you're gonna have they're just oh let's just you know bomb everything and get rid of you know that's what they're doing by by this type of tenor i'm just I, i'm just totally aghast what they're doing with that last question for me Ms. uh cheryl uh the college troops, you know, you know, we got March Madness starts in a couple of weeks. You got Illinois, and they look like they're really good. They had to, you know, pull one out against, you know, Penn State, but it looks like they're going to get a share of the Big Ten title, at least with Wisconsin. Can this Illini team go far in the tournament? You know, we, we all thought last year that they were going to be in the Final Four, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Porter Moser. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I, you know, they. They have a lot of good parts. I mean, when you have a Kofi Coburn that can do what he does, exactly. mm-hmm. and you've got you know Trent Frazier, you have you have all these possibilities. You know, they they should be, you know, and, and maybe going through this, you know, their their conference tournament. You know, when you have the rough and tumble, yep. Maybe they you know that will help them propel them in, into. The, but I want to bring up one person that I really want. I would want everybody to watch, and she's going to be playing tomorrow for DePaul. Anissa Morrow. She uh, is incredible. Yes. She is she is the first time in DePaul's history who's going to win freshman of the year, Naismith freshman of the year. She's also yep. up for the regular Naismith award. She's also up for defensive player of the year. The last time DePaul had a freshman that had this type of cachet mm-hmm. is Mark Aguirre in 1979. Yep. She is the real deal, and nobody scouted her. None of the big teams scouted her. She stayed at home from Simeon. I'm sorry to divest from the Illinois. No, 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 no. I've heard of her. She's so terrific. I'm so excited for her and what she's done, averaging 28 points and 17 rebounds a game. I mean, Illinois wish they had her on the men's team. (laughs) Shout out to Doug Bruno. Okay. (laughs) 
Yeah, I mean, you know, Doug, you know, he gets they're they're not having a great season because they've had some hiccups along the mm-hmm. way. But she's the real deal, and she's playing tomorrow against Marquette, and it, you know, I just love when you have a somebody that people disregarded when she was available mm-hmm. to be, you know, given a scholarship, and and she stays at home, and she's just yep. doing what she's doing, and the Big East is no slouch to be able to do that in. You know, especially so now with, with, with UConn back, especially now with UConn back. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And they've, they've had the trouble with UConn, but, but I, 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 that story, Illinois is going to be, I think Illinois is going to be a good story. I think Loyola has got to make some noise in, in the MVC for their last time mm-hmm. in the MVC, MVC because they're mm-hmm. leaving after this year. So there, there's a lot of college basketball is going to be a lot of fun because they have all, all this, the stands are be filled with fans. And there's nothing better than having the fans in the stands to be able to cheer and have the bands going crazy and the cheerleaders falling and making mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, with baseball being out of the picture for the foreseeable future, March Madness has the uh, uh, the, the sports center stage and, is, and it's going to be great. So um, we're definitely looking forward to that. Ms. Charay Stelt, uh, Chicago A Sports reporter and our personal Chicago sports uh, historian, joining us here on Second City Sports right here on Sports of Chicago. Sid Lakina here with you. Cheryl, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to join us. It's always a pleasure. Delight to have you uh, join our program and bring us a, a reporter's uh, insight, a perspective that no one else brings. So thank you very much once again for joining oh. our show today. Well, thank, thank you. Cheryl. I appreciate you guys. You guys are great. Thank you. Uh, shucks. Thank you. You stay safe. <laughs> oh, shucks. Stop. You're great too, Cheryl. <laughs> Thank you, Cheryl, for joining us. So we look forward to having you on again down the road. Thank you. Take care. You too. You too. All right. That's Cheryl. Cheryl Rayself. You can listen to her on WBEZ. Now, Sid, you know, it's always fun when we have her on, but I got to stretch for a second. You got to take our two and two. We're way past our two and two break. Mm -hmm. But coming up next, you know, we're going to talk, you know, Bulls, NBA. I know Tristan Thomas already said he's going to take one for the team. We'll talk more about that in there. Big game against the Bucks tonight. Also, too, you know, college hoops. You know, some, you know, some of the big, you know, the big tournaments are finishing up their regular season. You got some smaller conferences getting ready for their tournaments as well. Also, to our girl Christine Manica from KXRB in Sioux Falls is making her return with us. So a lot to do still here on hour two, but you know, we're gonna get right to it. You know, after this break for Sid, I'm Lakeen. This is Second City Sports on Sports Zone Chicago, and we'll see you in a bit. AutomotiveMap.com presents the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. Throws it, foul line left, got it, count it, foul, DeMar DeRozan with the hoop, the horn, and one. Bulls radio with the call, 112-108 the win over the Hawks last night. Chicago 39-21 and with the win. DeMar DeRozan, 37 points, 6 rebounds, 3 assists. Nikola Vukovic with a double-double, nice night for Zach Levine with 20 points. The Bulls host the Grizzlies tomorrow night. Chicago on top of the Eastern Conference by a half game over the Heat. Wins in 7 of 10 and 6 in a row. The Blackhawks are winless in 3. They're back at it tonight hosting the Devils. Chicago's last game was Sunday, a 5-2 home loss against Florida. College Chiefs last night, number 22, Ohio State with an 86-83 win at number 15, Illinois. The Line I are 12 and 5, second in the Big Ten, chasing Wisconsin and Purdue. They're both 13 and 4. For lightning fast sports updates, download the Score app. It's free and one of the most popular sports apps in North America. I'm Chuck Sanders. That's the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. 
Welcome to Allstate, where you can save just by being you. DriveWise and the Allstate mobile app gives you personalized driving feedback. And by adding it to your policy, you can save for driving safe just by being yourself. Allstate. Here, better protection costs a whole lot less. You're in good hands with Allstate. Click, call, or visit Allstate.com to save today. Not available in every state. Savings based on DriveWise and other safe driving discounts. Savings vary. Subject to terms and conditions. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates Northbrook, Illinois. We've got a party of 10 coming in, and we need to flip those two tables. Leah's restaurant is fully booked night after night. Section 3 is still behind. She no longer has reservations about finally finding a hostess. Why doesn't 23 have menus? Oh, because they're in my hand. Indeed can help her hire great people fast. I need Indeed. Indeed you do. Instant Match instantly connects you with quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your sponsored job description. Visit Indeed.com slash credit and get $75 towards your first sponsored job. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome back to our number two of Second City Sports, the Friday edition, right here on Sports Zone Chicago. We're live in living color along with Miss Lakina McGee. I am Sydney Brown. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80. That's S I D K I D A zero. That's S I D K I D A zero. You follow me at Kina McGee on the Twitter and at Kina Score McGee on the IG. You have a question or comment for us during our now less than 60 minutes of this Friday extravaganza. You can go to Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions or comments in the comment section. We can get them up on the screen for you. Again, let's pick up on the momentum from the last question you asked Cheryl Ray Star, our guest from last hour about college basketball. Of course, the Illini are 21 and 8 after a 60 to 55 win over the Penn State Nittany Alliance last night down in Champaign, of course. Illinois will wrap up their season on Sunday afternoon against the Iowa Hawkeyes. Lakina, as I said, Illinois should have 21. No, they'll have they have 21 wins now, but they should have 22 wins by the time by this time next week when they play mm-hmm. in the Big Ten tournament down in Indianapolis. It was a struggle for the Illini last night. Kobe Coburn only had 11 points and six rebounds, no fouls, but the Illini uh, toughed it out last night, and it looks like they uh, get it into prime time four. Yeah, yeah, and I think, you know, that was a little bit worrisome because Penn State hung, on, hung around a little longer to my yeah. liking. But, you know, you know, look, I mean, you know, the talent is, is is not there at Penn State right now. And, you know, Illinois has, you know, it has more talent. And it's sort of one of those things where you're like, okay, they're, they're, they're going to they're gonna keep him to gear, they're going to keep him to gear, and that's what they did. So, you know, DeMonte Williams had 14 points, including, you know, some big – some big uh, rebounds who are, you know, help, you know, Illinois, you know, propel them to that win over Penn State. And if they win against Iowa, they can clinch at least a share of the Big Ten title with Wisconsin. We'll get to them in a second. And, mm-hmm. and, and look, uh, like, like Cheryl said, I mean, it's hard to kind of predict, you know, the, uh, Illinois because, you know, they could have a chance perhaps making a big run or we're going to see what happened last year that, you know, we all thought that they were going to go to the Final Four last year. And, you know, Porter Moser, uh, Lucas Williamson, and, Caitlin, it came in clusters. You know, said, uh, you know what, not so fast. So, you know, said not so fast. So, you know, unfortunately, that you know, that didn't help there. But you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. Like I said, it's going to be depend on what region they're in. You know, Chicago is going to be uh, hosting the regionals this year, so it'll be interesting to see. We'll just see if they. It, I'm sure Illinois is probably going to end up being going to that region, but uh, yeah, we'll just see what they do. I mean, like I said, it's all going to be about matchups at this point. And look, you know, we're facing the Big Ten tournament too, so we'll see if they can yeah. kind of, you know, 
you know, keep you from the upset minded folks, especially the ones that are going to be on the ball, like a Michigan State or Michigan and those type of teams. So it'll be interesting to see what they do. Uh, going back to last night, night's game, Jacob Granderson and my guy, Alfonso Plummer, they only combined for 13 points. Uh, that that production has to improve, and I think it will once we uh, get into the conference tournament. Of course, the big dance. You know, my guy Alfonso Plummer. He had a big game at Michigan mm-hmm. last Sunday afternoon. I know he struggled last night, but I expect him to pick it up. Jacob Grandison is going to be another key player that uh, needs to have about Kofi Colburn and Trent Frazier. Now, Frazier and Colburn, I believe, will be fine. Those two set up the set up the uh, the tempo for the offense for the Atlanta. But Jacob Grandison. And Alfonso Plummer will be my two players that I'm looking forward to watching this Big Ten tournament next week, of course, as we get into the big dance the, the following week. But also, pay attention to Coleman Hawkins, the, the, the backup center. He's been mm-hmm. getting a, a lot of run these last couple of weeks. I know he had six points and two, re- and two rebounds in 12 minutes of action last night, but he's going to be a, a key guy uh, coming off the bench uh, for the Illini as far as bringing in that intensity uh, defensively for the Illini patrol in the paint. He's there. Uh, version of Trisha Thompson for this Illini team. It'll be just to see what he does because he's gonna. He can't. He can't be that guy that sort of you know, can kind of you know come in and perhaps be that mm-hmm. that big guy up front, you know, screening guys and such. So I really like his game. Now he, he like he said, he has done it consistently. So he's gonna have to do that more, especially if if Illinois wants to make wants to make a uh, make a, a deep run in the tournament. So we'll we'll see what what happens there. Um, you know, one of those, another thing, you know, with Wisconsin, you know, a bank shots, you know, got them, you know, and that went against Purdue. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, yeah, it's sort of one of those things where you're kind of like, I know some people want to invest in Wisconsin, perhaps maybe be like one of those picks to, you know, go to the final four, perhaps win the whole thing. I, I would be, you know, slow down on that. I mean, look, I know they mm-hmm. got, you know, Johnny Davis and some of the other guys on there, but to me, it's going to, to me, they depend on the three a little bit too much. And we've seen it. We saw it in that first meeting against Rutgers, where their three-pointers were not—they weren't not hitting their threes. So if you get that Wisconsin team that doesn't hit their threes, you know it's going to be big trouble. So I, I kind of feel like this is going to be sort of like the Achilles' heel for them. But again, once mm-hmm. we get to the Big Ten tournament, we'll see you know the, the matchups and such. You know, going to the Big Dance, we'll see if Wisconsin can you know make that run because they were picked to finish like in the middle of the pack in the Big Ten. So the fact that they ended up winning at least a share of the title, I think. You know, nothing more of extraordinary, but you know, I would say people should slow down on you know buying their stock to perhaps go to the you know go all the way. I know people are worried about Purdue. I know they stumbled here over the last few days, but I still believe they'll be fine. I I still have them as a top five team to perhaps win it all, and that uh, good teams go through this kind of stretch. I know it's a bad timing uh, for them to go through it, but I think Purdue will still be fine. Another team I'll be worried about is Michigan State. They lost by eleven at Columbus last night against Ohio State. I told you guys. Ohio State could be a surprise team in the tournament. I'm not picking them to win it all or anything like that, but um, not to me. People had Ohio State doing what they're doing right now. It was a big win for the Buckeyes last night on their home court. Yeah, it was. I think they needed that. They and they they really needed you know, that win. Ohio State did because uh, they lost earlier this week to the you know aforementioned you know to Nebraska of all team and to Maryland as well. So they they really mm-hmm. needed the win to kind of get back on track. And they they did just that. They pretty much dominated uh, Michigan State. So I think look, they got a, a chance to perhaps maybe going far. I know uh, EJ Liddell, of course, you know who he hit, who he is. Malachi Bronham, who is mm-hmm. you know that that you know who can his his uh, front court making. You'll be right there, sort of would be that backcourt. So I think, look, I think the Ohio State does have a shot to perhaps maybe make a deep run as well. So it all depend on you know matchups and such. And I really feel like that's going to be the case there. Uh, Kansas avenged from uh, a loss a couple days ago against TCU. 
Uh, they, they they had to hang on a little bit, but you know they you know they did just that at home uh, by four. Uh, Kansas, you know they're gonna. It looks like you know, as long as they win tomorrow, well we'll get to their schedule in a second, but. You know, they can, you know, perhaps, you know, perhaps win their 16th uh, Big 12 regular season title under Bill Self. So, you know, that's you know, pretty, you know, a pretty a big accomplishment there. Should they do that? Houston, you know, Houston, you know, they, you know, they dominated Temple. So they, you know, no worries there. Arizona looks like they're going to wrap up number one seed in the Big 12 by beating Stanford. So, you know, we're kind of getting down to a wire. Here are some of these, you know, big conferences. You know, smaller conferences, we'll get to them in a second. You know, they're, they're already doing their tournament thing. So, yeah, so at least so far. What what else caught your eye on you know, college hoops this week, Sid? Yeah, just that w- w- Wisconsin-Purdue uh, game, that was a classic game to watch. And you, you, mentioned, uh, you, you mentioned Wisconsin uh, making some surprising uh, heads turn this year. Duke and Coach uh, Koscheski, uh, of course, uh, they beat uh, Pittsburgh earlier this week. I want to see how this moment goes tomorrow. We'll get into the rest of the schedule coming up for this uh, weekend in just a moment. But uh, I want to see what the pageantry is going to be like because it will be Coach K's last game at uh, Indoor Cameron Stadium against North Carolina. Uh, Will North Carolina, um, I'm not going to say play soft, but how are they going to handle this moment? Because all the pressure is going to be on Duke. As we mentioned, um, Hubert Davis, the first-year head coach, uh, former NBA player at, at the Tar Heels, uh, how how they're gonna play this because uh, uh, they need this game more than Duke does, and all the pressure is gonna be on Duke. How will Coach K handle this moment? Will the players? Uh, uh, we all say in, in in sports all the time, whether it's collegiate or professional, your team, the, uh, the players carry the attitude of their head coach. I want to see how Duke, uh, Duke handles this moment. Well, and also too, you know, with Duke, you know, they clinched at least to share the ACC, and if they win against mm-hmm. North Carolina tomorrow, they get it all by themselves. It would be the first time I think in like what twelve, like eleven or twelve years, you know, since Duke has won the regular season ACC title, and it's sort of like there's going to be a big like pomp and circumstance. Yeah, I know uh, Jay Bills, who played for uh, Coach K in the mid '80s, he's been you know posting a lot of photos or when he you know his playing days there with him and Johnny Dawkins. Yeah, so he, he posted a couple of letters on Twitter this morning. Yeah, his uh, his really rec- his early recruitment letter that he got from yeah. Coach K. So. So, you know, he kept that and some of the pictures from back in the day when when he had hair. <laughs> he always makes jokes about that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's, but I think it's going to be, gonna be you know, he's going to be calling the game. So I'm sure he's got to kind of keep it, you know, a very professional and such. Yeah. But I'm sure it's going to be like literally like a cast of thousands um, there. You know, a lot of foreign players. I think Christian Lader is probably going to be there. I heard Grant Hills like he's going to be there as well. Some of the other uh, players from some of the, you know, the his championship teams, you know, way back in the 80s. So there's going to be a whole lot of you know players there. And I'm sure there's going to be. I, I feel like the, the this current Duke team, you know, is sort of expected to win. Like I said, North Carolina needs it more, like you said, because of the fact that they need it for, for bubble purposes. So it's going to be yeah. interesting to see how. I'm sure Hubert Davis will have his guys ready because there's going to be a lot of, you know, it's going to be a lot of pageantry and such, you know, honoring. They're going to do a big little whole honors thing before the game. So I'm sure ESPN will, will carry that. So it's going to be like a whole lot of, you know, thing and what what better way to do it against one of your rivals in North Carolina. So it should be very interesting tomorrow night. It's going to be very emotionally filled. Uh, a moment tomorrow night. So, uh, yeah. So look out. You know, check out some uh, Jay Bills's photos on uh on his uh, social media because you know they're a lot of some of some are pretty funny and such. You know, you know them going bowling, like you said, said that some of the crewman layers that he got from Coach K. So, and look, people need to remember that. You know, he, you know, Coach K struggled his first uh, couple of years there, and yes, when he got there, and um, I forgot who the AD was at the time, but 
you know, he stuck with them. You know, but nowadays that wouldn't be the case. So the fact that he still that stuck with them and that he built this, you know, this, you know, this power. Now, now again, you know, Duke had actually won a couple of ACC tournament titles even before them when Bill Foster, you know, may may rest in peace. You know, did it you know, before Coach K got there. He went to the final, you know, to uh, the final game against you know Kentucky in '78. So they did. They had a little bit of a, a a history, but it wasn't until Coach K got there and got had you know was given the time to kind of build what he wanted to build. That's when Duke became the power that they are today. You're listening to Second City Sports, the Friday edition. We're live in the living color right here on Sports Zone Chicago. Sid Lakia here with you talking college hoops. Let's go back to uh, uh, our one of our other local teams, and that's the Loyola Chicago Ramblers. Uh, they play later today against the Bradley Braves at 2.30 mm-hmm. on ESPN Plus nationally and locally here on NBC Sports, uh, locally on NBC Sports Chicago. Of course, the Missouri Valley Conference Tournament is, is going on right now, along with the other smaller conference tournaments, which they'll continue through this weekend, wrapping up by Sunday. Lakina, do you give uh, the Ramblers much of a chance to make it to at least a title game on Sunday? I, I give them I give them a shot. Will they win the whole thing? I Part of me says no, but I think they'll get to the championship game on Sunday. They need to win it all to uh, to, to make it to the mm-hmm. tournament. And we said this one over the last few weeks. Seat, I believe yeah, the four they need to do it there. The four seed, I believe they're gonna play against Bradley. I know Bradley, you know, played them pretty close in their second meeting, so I'm sure they would love to play spoiler for Loyola. Uh, but yeah, I think Drew Valentine's got his work cut out for, and the, the Rambles got their his work their work cut out for them because um, Northern Iowa Illinois that they're playing right now as we speak. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting to see what what happens there, and I, I hope you know I hope for theirs that they can get to the, at least get to the final because. But then again, you know at that Missouri Valley Conference tournament, where things happen, yet you, you have teams that come mm-hmm. out of nowhere. So it'll be interesting to see what you know can you know they pull it out. We'll just have to wait and see. Uh, yeah, another team that needs to kind of you know, you know make sure that they get made the tournament. Murray State, number twenty two, they have a, a quarterfinal game, quarterfinal or, or semifinal game, I should say, against Southeast mm-hmm. Missouri State. That's the first uh, one at seven o'clock. I think if you're Murray State, you better win the tournaments because if you don't, you know, there could be some uh, team, other bubble teams that are not going to be, you know, having it. And if you're hopefully Murray State, the races are focused and they can get that, get that, uh, that automatic bid and they don't have to, they don't have to worry about, you know, having to sweat it out on, uh, on uh, selection Sunday next Sunday. So we'll just see what, what happens uh, with that. Uh, Southern Illinois can play spoiler too. They have Drake on ESPN Plus. That's the last game in that quarterfinals in Missouri Valley. So we'll see. You know, Southern Illinois can play spoiler. Ryan Hurler and his guys. So we'll we'll see what happens there. Now going into uh, Saturday's uh, games, and I, you know, this is sort of when you know the part of the season where you're you're, you're seeing a lot of you know last games of the season. You know, from mm-hmm. from the bigger conferences. Um, you know, Arkansas and Tennessee, that's the first game up at, at, at on ESPN at 11 a.m. That should be a lot of fun. Um, uh, Arkansas beat Tennessee in their first meeting, so I'm sure Tennessee is going to want their revenge. That's cool. That's that started like their streak real with for uh, Arkansas, so that should be a fun one on you know, tomorrow. Uh, Villanova can wrap up the Big East title, they had a big win against Providence a couple of days ago to kind of, you know, give them, you know, that sh- you know, mm-hmm. shot, you know, they got to win against Butler to so at least get a share of the, of that title with Providence. You know, they still got, you know, it's still in uh, Providence's court, Alabama. I know that they lost, uh, 
they lost a couple of days ago, but they got to go against uh, LSU. And uh, oh, that's a, that's the first game with that you know, that triple header on uh, CBS. This is possibly a, a em- elimination game in terms of what other other bubble teams do. But Alabama checks in with a 19-11 record. Of course, LSU is 20-10. and 10. This could be a possible elimination game. Whoever loses, they'll have to win that SEC tournament, which is not easy. So uh, this is a big game for both teams. LSU, I think, needs it more than Alabama. Like I said, Alabama, I think they're in regardless. But I think LSU probably wins, needs this a little bit more. But again, we'll see. I mean, Miami, another one of those bubble teams. You know, they got a, I know they 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 went down a little bit. Congrats, Jim Jim Laranega, who uh, now has the most wins uh, in the Miami uh, men's hoops uh, program. So, congrats to him. He got that earlier this uh, week. Um, they play Syracuse. I think they really need, they need to keep winning to sort of you know get make sure they get into the uh, right there in the tournament uh, tournament uh, field. Uh, Kentucky against Florida. Mm. You know Florida needs this more than Kentucky does. I feel mm. like although Kentucky, I'm sure they want to make a chance have a shot at that number one, one of the number one seeds. That's the second game of that CBS doubleheader. And uh, Florida, they need this win a lot more. Um, Another game at one o'clock on ESPN. You got Indiana and number eight Purdue. Indiana really needs this. I know mm-hmm. Purdue needs it for confidence purposes. If nothing yes. else, you just saw the words right out of my mouth. <laughs> a bad taste of that mouth for that Wisconsin loss. So they really need this. You know, both teams need this a lot for various reasons. So that's the one o'clock game on ESPN. Uh, continuing with the Saturday schedule in the top 25 at 3 o'clock on ESPN. Tomorrow we have number 21, Texas. They'll travel to Manhattan, Kansas to, to face the Kansas Jayhawks, who are ranked number six in the country. Texas at 21 and 9, Kansas at 24 and 6. Uh, at 4 o'clock tomorrow, number two, Arizona will host uh, University of Cal. Uh, of course, Arizona should blow them out. Uh, DePaul will travel to UConn. Uh, UConn, the Huskies are ranked number 18 in the country. That's at 4 p.m. tomorrow on Fox. DePaul at 15 and 14. UConn's at 21 and 8. Interesting game here in the Big 12 at 5 p.m. on ESPN2. Tomorrow, number three, Baylor, the defending national champs. Most people have forgotten that. They'll host Iowa State. Baylor at 25 and 5, Iowa State at 21 and 10. This is a big game for the Cyclones. They could really mm-hmm. uh, boost their resume with a big upset win on the road. Definitely a big boost there. Of course, we talked about North Carolina. Do remember this? this start, <laughs> note, note the start time, folks, at 5 o'clock on ESPN. Of course, the semifinals of the Missouri Valley Conference Tournament. That'll be on CBS Sports Network. Starting at five o'clock, of course, you know, games are, you know, teams are to be determined as they play. So we'll skip right over that. Old Miss at Vanderbilt. No Vanderbilt. You know, Jerry Stackhouse has his guys sort of, you know, perhaps maybe playing spoiler for Old Miss. They're on the bubble. So you really need this win. Um, Georgetown, Xavier, you know, Xavier has, you know, fallen, you know, pretty hard. And they really need this. You know, they probably pretty much need to get to the semifinals at the very least of the Big East tournament next week to perhaps get a shot. Being, even being on the bubble, um, uh, Arizona State and Stanford, you know, Arizona State hosting Stanford. Arizona State is in the bubble conversation, so they got to keep winning. So we'll see if they can keep it up. Uh, let's see. UC, USC, UCLA, they're fighting for the number two spot. USC got the best of them in the first meeting. Let's see how, if UCLA can get their revenge in the second meeting. That's at 9 o'clock on ESPN. And wrapping up with the Sunday schedule uh, at 11 o'clock on CBS, we have number 14 Houston. The Cougars will travel to Memphis to take on the Tigers uh, in uh, in FedEx uh, Arena. Uh, 
Anthony Penny Hardaway has his guys rolling as of late over the last few weeks. Memphis checks in with an 18-9 record. Houston, of course, at 26-4. and Lakina, uh, this is obviously a bigger game for Memphis, but I, I think that uh, a few people are sleeping sleeping in on the Houston Cougars. They made deep runs in the tournaments of, over the last couple of seasons. Uh, could this really be their year, or will, will the, we see them just win the game and bow out early? Well, they lost a couple of their leading scorers early on this season to injuries. So, but the fact that they've been able to play well and you know still be in the top fifteen, I think that's a credit to Kelvin Sampson and how he what he's built in that program. They, I'm sure they're going to want their revenge because remember Memphis beat them about a month ago in Houston. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure they would love to have a little you know payback and a little get back there. Uh, Penn State and Rutgers, Rutgers, you know they they you know it's out you know they, the cardiac Scarlet Knights as they as we call them. Uh, you know, they they you know, eked out a couple of victories early this year, but they only have 17 wins. So they really need this, you know, win to kind of they gotta they they probably gotta get to like at least the the semis, I think, of the Big Ten tournament if they want to have a shot. I know they're right there in the bubble right now, but they're on the wrong side of it. So we'll see if Ron Harper Jr. and the guys can, you know, mm-hmm. perhaps keep winning. Uh yeah, credit, yeah, credit no, to ahead. the left side of my brain. Houston made it to the national semifinal last year. Yes, they did. So yeah, they did. They made it to the final four. So they they that they they're they're capable of doing that. So but mm-hmm. you know, we'll see if they can do it again uh this year. Uh Michigan, Ohio State, you know, on Fox. That, that, that that's always fun when those two teams, you know, play each other. So that should be a, an interesting one there. Uh Nebraska and Tennessee, the, the uh, Wisconsin say Nebraska's won uh two road games in a row. Including against Ohio State, so <laughs> to break up Fred sure. uh Cornhusker crew. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, I mean, I think there's they're still trying to you know, get themselves, you know, kind of geared up for next year. So if you're Wisconsin, I would say don't don't look past uh, uh Nebraska. So they're kind of been like a one man uh, one person record crew lately. So we'll see if uh, Wisconsin can kind of you know not you know not have that let down. Oh, excuse me. Tulane and SMU, SMU, I know that I think they lost to, to Houston uh, a couple of days ago, so we'll see if they can kind of keep it up because they're right there on the bubble as well. Um, you got the championship of the Missouri Valley uh, Conference Tournament at 1 o'clock on CBS in St. Louis. Oh, so, oh, be there. Yeah, let, let, let's hope so because they got they definitely need to do it. Maryland and Michigan State, Michigan State really needs this win. That's the third uh, game of that doubleheader after the Missouri Valley uh, Championship. <laughs> Um, Michigan State really needs this win, so I think you know if you're Tom Izzo, you better have your guys ready. All to say in the Big Ten, you got number twenty-four Iowa and number twenty Illinois. Last game of the regular season for those folks, six thirty on FS1. And that's your schedule in the top twenty-five for college basketball. As you're listening to Second City Sports, the Friday edition, live and in living color, right here on Sports on Chicago. See Lakina here with you. Lakina, talk to us about some of the other team, uh, other uh, teams, real quick uh, in college basketball. Uh, who you think they can make a surprise run in the Big Dance? I think, I think it will depend on if you want to go kind of like outside of sort of like the. You know, like the big, you know, the big, uh, mm-hmm. big tournaments. Um, and also people said Vermont. I mean, I haven't seen Vermont much this year, so I, you know, I don't know if they could perhaps maybe, maybe pull off an upset. I, I don't know, but there, you know, there are a couple of other teams. I, I feel like I know New Mexico State. I know they've lost a couple in the road. New Mexico State has, but you know, I mm-hmm. don't know. Uh, I would think you know, say Bonaventure should they make the tournament from the A10. Maybe they could perhaps maybe make a run. Um, again, you know, the, the, the A10 is pretty wonky, so I just don't know. 
Iona. Remember, they got Coach Coach Patino, Rick Patino, coaching there, and he already said that you know he's not going to Maryland. He wants to stay in Iona for the rest of his career. So, you know, if if again they got to get into the tournament, though they got to win the MAAC, the MAC, not that not the MAC, but the MAAC. Uh, Depend on who they play, but again, if they can win that, then uh, we'll see what happens uh, there. San Diego State, if they get in, maybe they could perhaps maybe make a run. You know, maybe get you know gives you know some folks some fits. We'll we'll see. Murray State again, they got to win. I think they're capable of perhaps maybe winning a, a game or two. Um, you know, some other you know teams from some of the other conferences. Uh, I, I mean, you know, it's sort of one of those things here where you kind of want to like you know Cleveland State can they can perhaps maybe pull off an upset. You know, they got a senior laden team. So yeah, so there are a lot of you know teams that are more than capable of you know being that Cinderella team. So, but yeah, it all has to come you know come down to like if they can win their conference tournaments. All right, let's rev up for our last break. And when, when we when we return, Christine Manica, our home girl from KXRB Radio in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, will join us for her bi-weekly sports commentary, including the baseball lockout, the Bulls and Bucks battle tonight on the Four Letter Network at uh, at six thirty p.m. And plus, we'll have a whole lot more fun. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. You're listening to the Friday edition of Second City Sports. We're live in eleven color right here on Sports Zone. Chicago. AutomotiveMap.com presents the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. Throws a foul line left. Got it! Got it! Foul! DeMar DeRozan with the hoop, the harm, and one! Bulls radio with the call. 112-108 the win over the Hawks last night. Chicago 39-21 and with the win. DeMar DeRozan 37 points, 6 rebounds, 3 assists. Nikola Vukovic with a double-double. Nice night for Zach Levine with 20 points. The Bulls host the Grizzlies tomorrow night. Chicago on top of the Eastern Conference by a half game over the Heat. Wins in 7 of 10 and 6 in a row. The Blackhawks are winless in 3. They're back at it tonight hosting the Devils. Chicago's last game was Sunday, a 5-2 home loss against Florida. College Hoops last night, number 22, Ohio State with an 86-83 win at number 15, Illinois. The Illini are 12 and 5, second in the Big Ten, chasing Wisconsin and Purdue. They're both 13 and 4. For lightning fast sports updates, download the Score app. It's free and one of the most popular sports apps in North America. I'm Chuck Sanders. That's the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. Welcome to Allstate, where you can save just by being you. DriveWise and the Allstate mobile app gives you personalized driving feedback. And by adding it to your policy, you can save for driving safe just by being yourself. Allstate. Here, better protection costs a whole lot less. You're in good hands with Allstate. Click, call, or visit Allstate.com to save today. Not available in every state. Savings based on DriveWise and other safe driving discounts. Savings vary. Subject to terms and conditions. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois. Got a party of 10 coming in. We need to flip those two tables. Leah's restaurant is fully booked night after night. Section 3 is still behind. She no longer has reservations about finally finding a hostess. Why doesn't 23 have menus? Oh, because they're in my hand. Indeed can help her hire great people fast. I need Indeed. Indeed you do. Instant Match instantly connects you with quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your sponsored job description. Visit Indeed.com slash credit and get $75 towards your first sponsored job. Terms and conditions apply.
Welcome back to Second City Sports, the Friday edition. We're live in living color right here on Sports Zone Chicago, along with Miss Lakina McGee. I am Sydney Brown. Uh, to help us uh, bring this show home for the uh, uh, for the week and uh, for our first show in the new month of March, it's our homegirl from KXRB Radio in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, the one and only Miss Christine, the Queen Manica. Good afternoon Yay. to you, Miss Christine. Hi, guys. Good afternoon. Yeah, it's nice to have you back. Uh, we'll have you on for our, uh, uh, every other week for your sports commentary and other thoughts around the pop culture world, if we oh ever boy. get to it. But uh, mm-hmm. let's start off with uh, the MLB lockout. The Players Association and owners are, are at a standstill. Uh, the first week of games from March 31st through April 6th and 7th are canceled. As of right now, those games will not be made up. Uh, I'm a pessimist now. Uh, Christine, uh, do you think that the regular season will start in April or, or could this be carried out, lockout be carried out uh, even longer? I think because the players are starting to see, okay, we're not playing baseball now until April. And it, I think the reality of that is sitting in for a lot of them. So I think both sides do want to make a resolution. However, I just don't think the owners are necessarily cooperating as much as the players would hope that they would, if that makes sense. Uh, here's the thing that uh, that uh, um, other people are not uh, talking about. We talked about this with Sherry Stout, our guest from the first hour. Uh, these uh, local TV networks uh, have a lot invested in broadcasting these games, yeah. in particular the Cubs with the Marquee Sports Network and NBC Sports Chicago with the White Sox. But with the national networks uh, re-upping with MLB, uh, with ESPN, Fox, and Turner Sports, uh, with these regional sports networks, uh, they're going to ask for rebates uh, after 25 games. I think the owners will budge uh, to perhaps get these games in in late April because in a perfect world, they want to start the season in May and perhaps June because all the kids are out of school and people are looking for something to do now with the restrictions being lifted or with the uh, with the pandemic, with COVID, people want to get out and resume their normal lives. And the baseball still want to play games, um, talking about off the field, instead of playing games on the field, there's going to be a problem. There's definitely going to be a problem. You know, I, I see the tension on social media when it comes to the players and with the owners. There's a lot of talk about it with it in our office saying how they're just, they just are not coming up res- with the resolution. And this yep. is probably... The second longest lockout, I believe, since the oh, 1990-something. Uh, Help me out. 1994. 94. Uh, so it's it's just it's frustrating yep. for, for the fans because, if anything, the players, yeah, they have their money and stuff like that, but you're hurting the fans, you know? They, mm-hmm. they want to see baseball. They want to be entertained. And, you know, it's just a shame that it's not coming to any sort of a conclusion at the moment. If you could, if you could, you know, I don't want to go put much put money down, but if you can bet on, you know, when do you think we'll see baseball? Will it be by by April next month? Do you think it'll be May or June? I, gosh, I want to say at least I'm going to say this the beginning of April. I want to say the beginning of April just because then all those players are going to want to have an itch. You know, they have an itch to get back out on the field, to get back into the stadium with the fans, with their team. So I'm going to say baseball should come back by April, if I were a a better woman. 
Another issue revolving around the game of baseball we talked about earlier in the show, Christine, yeah. is that me and Lakina were trying to come up with ways to marketing uh, mm-hmm. the, the game of baseball, especially to younger fans in your age group, because it's still a, an old man's game in the 50s and above. Uh, if you uh, if you have any ideas on how baseball should market into uh, your uh, your group, help us out because we uh, we tried. Yeah. Not saying we didn't have come up with any good good ideas, but uh, mm-hmm. we're trying to help help out Commissioner Rod Manfred and crew. Uh, how should uh, they market the game of baseball to younger fans? You know, I think you have to get the big players in our faces you know you have to give them big plays on tv those commercials to get someone excited about baseball whether it's an a perfect game from a couple of years ago mark burley whether you show something from that um or maybe it's a grand slam from the world series i don't know whatever you have to do show a big moment in a commercial to say hey this is baseball and it's exciting and it doesn't help when you show People on the fans, you know, having a beer, having a hot dog, you know, just having fun. What about the TV aspect of it? Because we were talking about, Sid and I were talking about this earlier, perhaps, that we heard some older folks, you know, older than us, you know, believe it or not, say that. Let's go back to the days where the World Series was like three or five o'clock, you know, our time here in the central time zone. And it's, it's just, I just don't see it happening. Well, what do you think? It's, what's like another thing that baseball can market? I think that's a good way to put it. Maybe even having a shorter um, postseason, that way the games can go faster and that way the, the World Series will be there faster. That's another way to do it. Um, just because baseball could be a little bit longer than most sports. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I would agree with you too, where you said, um, I'm losing my train of thought. When you the the pitch that you know the the start the first pitch you know have it a little yes. earlier than yes yes yeah. I agree that's what I was coming up with it I couldn't think of it it's like yeah if the Super Bowl can be at a decent time why not why not the World Series and what about the aspect of social media because uh, yeah. we know that the NBA and and especially on Twitter and Facebook has been taking it off like a rag over the last uh, a decade or so and we saw glimpses of it uh, in hockey especially when the Blackhawks were winning those Stanley yeah. Cups and mm-hmm. the NFL uh, they kind of do it here and there but baseball is way behind on social media what would you do in terms of marketing the game to younger fans because especially people in your age group they're on social media the yeah. most Mm-hmm. You know, I like when the when the White Sox were winning, you know, when they were going on their run, they did a really good job with their social media. I thought it was active. People mm-hmm. were getting excited. They were retweeting fans. They were retweeting photos of the game, some moments and stuff like that. So I think if teams just do that in general, you know, showcase what's going on at the ball game, maybe it's some sort of a special event and you, and you post it on Twitter and something like that. I know the White Sox, they encourage that all the time when you go into their stadium saying, Hey, tweet hashtag white Sox to get on the big screen or just, yeah. you, know, you know, something exactly. like that. So just if baseball do, does more initiatives like that saying, Hey, you retweet this and you can go see the game and whatnot, then yeah. Like I, I definitely think more engagement on social media would be beneficial for, you know, people in my age group. Yeah, particularly you know with players, you got you got guys like Eloy who have you know this this great personality who's young yeah. and who's you know charismatic. You know, start start promoting those guys. I mean, you got the older right. guys, you know, like Mike Trout and you know Anthony Rizzo and such. You know, people know who they are, but they don't know about guys like you know Eloy and some of the right. other uh, younger players. So I think that's what that's probably what they need to do more of. You know, get 
people know who like the big stars are. Let's get to the younger guys for like the next generation. That's probably who you probably need to market. Right. Get the, get the up and comers that are going to be the future of baseball. Exactly. Yeah, because as of right now, we talk about Eloy Jimenez, and you talk about the older guys like Trout and, and Rizzo and Bryce Harper. Uh, hardcore baseball fans and sports fans like us, we know who they are, but if you walk, put them down Lakeshore Drive or Michigan Avenue, majority of people don't know who they are because you don't yeah, see them right. in enough commercials or motion pictures or appearing in music videos or their favorite artists or, or, and whatnot. So uh, uh, just like hockey, and we'll get to the Blackhawks in just a minute, Christine, but uh, mm -hmm. you put them in certain elements that, that draws uh, but potential new fans in. Uh, get it, you have to take care of your hardcore customers. We get it, but you got to branch out a little bit to see if you can get new fans. Yeah, exactly, because that's that's going to continue baseball for the for the long haul. Okay, let's lighten the mood up a little hit here, because I'm getting kind of angry with all this baseball talk, and we don't have any baseball. We're not getting enough good up for it right now. Yeah. Let's talk about the Get NBA. <laughs> <laughs> right? I mean, let's talk about the NBA for a second. Yeah. All right, the Bulls, you know, have a big game tonight against Milwaukee. You know, the, the revenge game, if you will, for what, you know, Grayson Allen did to Alice Caruso. Tristan Thompson, who I'm starting to love more and more, as already said, he's going to take one for oh. the team. And they, and yeah, and they really need, the Bulls really need this game. Where do you, what's your synopsis of this game uh, tonight? I, I saw a funny headline. It's like keeping up with Tristan, like when they were talking about the Bulls and stuff like that. And, you know, so <laughs> far, he, he has managed to stay out of the media. I'd say for the most part and just stick to stick to playing the game. I see it on the court. I see it on bringing up social media. I see it on social media, his excitement that he is with this team. And that only shows to me that he believes that the team could go all the way. Otherwise he wouldn't be joining the bulls in the first place, but this game is, it's really important. I'm looking at the standings right now. The, the bulls, they're only a game ahead of the bucks right now. So this kind of determines that third and fourth fourth place in the standings currently what the mm -hmm. bulls are 39 and 24 bucks are 38 and 25 so this game can honestly determine the top three standings i know the bulls are currently on a three-game winning streak they lost a close one at atlanta last night i wasn't too surprised by that i know they're currently on a three-game losing streak mm -hmm. are you really starting to worry about this bulls team you know they're getting a couple of guys back hopefully in the next week or two in lonzo ball in Alice Caruso. Are you really worried about this Bulls team right now? Because I know some folks on Bulls Twitter, as Lakina would say, they are going bananas and overreacting. But are you overreacting or are you just kind of what you expected? No, I mean, this is definitely – I think the fans are overreacting just because this is the first time in a long time that this team has been as good as they are. And they're mm -hmm. thinking, oh, gosh, please don't mess this up for us. Like, for once, we're getting some good Bulls basketball, and we just don't want that mm -hmm. to stop. I would say if they were lower, like maybe in the seventh or eighth seed spot, I'd be a little bit worried. But since they're, you know, top five, top three, no, I, I wouldn't worry about where they're at right now. And every team, you know, every athlete, I should say, has a down day and they're only going to rise to the occasion from it. So I, and I think this game is going to be be testimonial to that. Absolutely. Uh, Phillies been looking really good. They won four in a row. We could have like you know, a, a new like big three, if you will, in Philly. So what, what do you think? Can, can Philly overtake Miami for that number one spot in the East? 
I think they could. You, you know, it's it's really it's anyone's game right now because what is it? Miami they, they do have the number one seed right now, so they're going on a tear a little bit. Um, it, it's really it's a it's a trying time for a lot of teams in the NBA just because the players, the top players that are on the teams that they are now, they're not getting really anything out of it. I saw Russell Westbrook. You know, he wants to get out of the mm-hmm. Lakers by the end of the season. And, you know, he went on the Lakers because, A, LeBron probably told him this is going to be a great team. We're going to win another championship. And none of that is really happening. And, you know, Russell Westbrook, let's be honest, he he's not the player what he was a couple of years ago. So he right. wants to find a team that maybe he can help carry on instead of them having to rely on him, if that makes sense. Um, but right now, Miami's hot. You know, they they got the young team. They have those players that are wanting to win. No one that you really mm-hmm. see in the headlines nowadays. But that could be better for them in, a lo- in the long run because players get big heads if they're good. So, and I, and I think they're staying pretty level-headed considering their, their past history with, with their big three not too long ago. Uh, speaking of the Miami Miami Heat, they beat the Brooklyn Nets on the road last night. And of course, Kevin Durant returned to the lineup for the Brooklyn Nets. Mm-hmm. And uh, until that uh, mandate is lifted uh, once and for all, Kyrie Irving will not be playing any games at home. And so you mentioned, Christine, Miami is on the road right now. Uh, going back to the Lakers, uh, they lost uh, uh, again on national television last mm-hmm. night to the Los Angeles Clippers. <laughs> uh, I think the Lakers <sighs> still have a shot of making it to the play-in, but as far as uh, making it to the Virginia. big dance in, in the playoffs. I do not see that happening. And uh, I'll ask you, Christine, I, we asked, uh, I asked this question, Lakino, on our last show. Uh, mm-hmm. Assuming that the Lakers lose in the playing game and, and even they sneak into the playoffs, I don't see them being Golden State or Phoenix, especially when Phoenix gets across Paul back, hopefully for the playoffs. Uh, who takes the fall here uh, with the Lakers? Is that head coach Frank Vogel? And or will it be their GM, Rob Palenka, who's at the hit with LeBron James? Have my fingers crossed for those of you listening on our replay <laughs> on, the, on the podcast at War on Anchor. You know, I saw that LeBron said a quote saying it, it's it's sad. It's disappointing. It's embarrassing. That's what he said. It's embarrassing right now for them to be showcasing their team on a national television stage. And they are always getting upset or they're getting disappointed you know it's just he seems very frustrated with the way that it's going and for me in in this situation it starts it starts at the top so you have to reevaluate the gm to see what direction he's thinking in or maybe it's the coach maybe the coach just isn't responding or reacting to the way players expected him to react you know it's not the same team the team is never the same after a championship win, no matter how many spins you put on it, the team is never the same. It's always something different. There's always a new element involved. And with the Lakers, yeah, you got the guy, you got LeBron James, but if you have nobody backing him up or too many young, young kids, sort of speak, you gotta, you gotta find some support for LeBron instead of just putting it all on his shoulders. So for anyone who's blaming it on LeBron, I, he's the least of to blame out of the situation. I think you gotta look more in the recruiting side of things, if anything. Yeah, he at least he's being he's being himself. You know, at thir- at thirty eight, yeah. I mean, you gotta give him you know give him credit for that. I think it's easier to kind of like for folks to kind of hate on LeBron and such. 
but we're, we don't do that here, Sid. No, no we don't do that. <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, but uh, I mean, look, I think Phoenix has looked really good still. Yeah. Uh, I know I know Golden State has kind of had their struggles. I know they struggled uh, yeah. again last well, night. Jordan's definitely happier with the 76ers, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. The <laughs> hamstring goes to some I'm healed. I'm healed. I'm healed. So, yeah, it, it, it's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I must say, I'm healed. I'm healed. Uh, well, speaking of, you know, they got Philadelphia has that big game against Miami tomorrow night at seven. Now, I yeah. know ABC is probably hoping that they wish that they had that game yeah. you know, instead of, you know, going to state and the Lakers. But uh, that should be a lot of fun. Could this be a preview of the Eastern Conference Finals? Maybe we'll see. Should be, should be a fun one. Yep. Now let's continue with our schedule real quick before we move on to the Bears. Uh, just a, a few games of, uh, of importance in the NBA this right. weekend. We'll start off with tonight. Uh, speaking of Philadelphia, they'll host the Cleveland Cavaliers at 6 o'clock Chicago time. Of course, you got the Bulls and the Bucks on ESPN at 6.30 tonight. Of course, locally, you can watch that game on NBC Sports Chicago. If you don't want to hear the national bias of the Bucks and all the other foolishness, <laughs> And also at 6.30, we have uh, Toronto host in Orlando. And, of course, uh, wrapping up the ESPN doubleheader tonight, you have the historically New York Knicks to take on uh, the Phoenix Suns. Of course, I don't think David Booker will be back. Uh, he's on, in uh, COVID protocol. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and speaking yeah. of the, the Saturday um, slate, Lakina, we have an early uh, afternoon, actually a late afternoon game tomorrow. The resurging Dallas Mavericks will host a terrible yeah. Sacramento Kings. How are they still in the playing tournament mathematically? I, I don't get it. <laughs> we'll leave that alone. Of course, uh, we have Philadelphia and Miami, as Lakina mentioned. Uh, the Saturday night game on ABC is, of course, Golden State at the Lakers and and. Portland will take on Minnesota. Minnesota is still in the playoff chase mm -hmm. in the Western Conference. Let's go over to Sunday's games. Uh, the double ABC doubleheader. Uh, the first game on Sunday will be the Brooklyn Nets at the Boston Celtics. That should be a good one. A good and one. followed yep. by a uh, rematch of last year's NBA Finals, Phoenix at Milwaukee at 2.30 on Sunday. Should be interesting to see if Devin Book will be able to be cleared for that game. We'll just have to wait and see there. Uh, Toronto and Cleveland, two up-and-coming teams in the East. That's the first game of that ESPN doubleheader. And uh, New York continues their West Coast road trip in that second half of that doubleheader against the Clippers at 9 o'clock. So that should be uh interesting one there as well so yeah yeah the the clippers are playing well because we saw what they did last night to lakers to tyron lou i'll give them credit for what they did last year the clippers finally giving on the hump and going to the western conference finals before Kawhi Leonard uh suffered a, a torn acl last year of course they've been playing most of this year without paul george could he Return, we don't know. Kawhi Leonard perhaps won't play this year, but I'm giving head coach Toronto a whole lot of credit for what the Clippers are doing this year. They certainly look a whole lot better than the Lakers. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't think anybody had that early this year. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And those are your sets of schedule for this weekend in the NBA. Now, okay. So, Christina, I've been wanting to ask you about this because yeah. it's sort of like some some big, you know, media news sort of going to, uh, around the pike here. Of course, you know, Troy Aikman, although it's not official yet, but all signs are pointing to him, perhaps, you know, going to ESPN to do their uh, Monday Night Football. You know, the rumors that maybe Greg Olson will probably get promoted from number two spots. 
They also too, Sean Payton, his name's being thrown around. Mm-hmm. Now Amazon, you know, they're kind of in a pickle now too because yeah. you know, they they wanted Eggman. They you know that they're not, he's not they're not going to go. So now they're trying to go to Herb Street. What do you think about all this? You know, NFL, you know, media carousel because it's sort of like you know a musical chairs kind of thing. What are your thoughts on this? You know, for one, I, I don't I don't think. Troy Aikman or even, you know, Joe Buck. I don't think either of them want to leave Fox because they have the Super Bowl, the next Super Bowl. So I don't think they want to leave that opportunity behind. So they're not going to go unless, you know, the money talks. Um, I think promoting Greg Olson, if that's the case, if Troy Aikman does go to ESPN, I think Greg deserves it. You know, Greg is a very charismatic guy on the air he was also a great player for the bears back in the day and you know from what from what i know about him he seems like an overall an overall great guy and he's very enthusiastic about the game so i think that would be a pretty a pretty good transition i think the question is who's going to be able to handle joe buck you know (laughs) (laughs) to tame him yeah remember for you bears fans uh greg olson did a couple of games last year as part of the fox number two team with uh with kevin barker they did the bears cleveland game which we know which was a disaster of course and they did the mm-hmm. um a olson did the bears packers game from soldier field he was only one of a few game uh announcers that kept us cool about while watching that that piss poor and bad naggy offense the last yeah. couple of years <laughs> He never was right. swore. He was very he was a real gentleman. So I don't know how he did it, but yeah. So uh yeah, so uh what what else do you think? Yo, know, how about maybe Herbie, perhaps maybe going to Amazon, do the Thursday night football games, uh it's just you know with with Al Michaels, maybe yeah. supposedly so so what do you think about all the, all that crazy? I, I think you know, I think we can safely say too for when it comes to the NBC broadcast, that Saturday, that Sunday night broadcast, that's going to be different. I, I think Chris Consworth could be still involved in some way. We all know Michelle Tavoya, she's she's not coming back. Um and Al Michael Fox News loves her right now. Just yeah. saying. <laughs> um and um and Al Michaels, I, I think. You know, I hope I hope that he stays with Chris Collinsworth for Sunday Night Football. But again, you know, money talks, and if the money is in that direction, then then he's going to go where that is. Hand down the home stretch uh, on Second City Sports, the Friday edition with our girl Christine Manica. I'm Sid. That's Lakina, real live and in living color, right here on Sports on Chicago. Let's get to on the field madness, Christine. Of course, uh, NFL has lifted their. Um, COVID-19 protocols. Of course, the scouting combines taking place as we speak from Indianapolis in the Lucas Oil Field Stadium. Of course, the Bears uh, do not have a first-round pick this year. They have a second-round pick, I believe a couple of fourth-round picks, a fifth Mm -hmm. and a sixth-round pick. Uh, What would you do with that second-round pick, Christine? Would you go offensive lineman, wide receiver, the best player available on the board? Where would you go with that second-round pick? Gosh, you know, that can, can I say all the above with all that? Sure. Let's go pick everybody. Um, <laughs> I kind of, I don't, I don't know. I can't really read Eberflus or polls yet. I, I can't really see where they're leaning towards because you have maybe Eber- that's a good thing. Yeah. Maybe that's a good thing. So you have Eberflus who is known to be a defensive guy, but our defense is pretty solid I'd say for the most part for the Bears but then you saw what happened you know with the offense this year and it was it was painful at some points to watch that you know it was painful to see 
an offensive line kind of crumble like that. I think what it's going to determine is with the current players and what they're willing to do for them. Is there going to be a salary cap? Are they going to let some of those good guys go to replace them with new blood? I don't know. Again, they've kind of left it all up in the air. But if I was in the position, I'd say go for a wide receiver because that seems to be a position where where we were struggling with a lot this year. I wouldn't say go for a running back because for whatever reason, Chicago has always had great, great running backs. So that that's mm-hmm. not even in their mind. I would I would hope not anyway. Well, trading some of those, you know, you know, top, you know, top yeah. guys, you know, maybe a Khalil Mack, maybe, you know, dare I say a Darno Mooney. I know that he and uh, Justin Fields had a nice little uh, rapport. Yeah. You know, those last I think few games Robinson the season. was even like, yeah, I'm willing to talk. Like, I, I want to talk. Right. Yeah. So, well, we'll see. But yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, if you want to trade, perhaps they remember they only have five picks right, right. now. So mm-hmm. they may have to trade one of those guys to perhaps maybe get a couple of picks back. Maybe, so do you see yeah. them? Do you see them doing that perhaps? You know, unfortunately, and I do just because it's the Bears. They're unpredictable. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they do tell Khalil Mack that this is that this is it, and you're going to go to another team now. It would be a, a loss defensively, but I, I think the Bears would find a way to fill that to fill that mold, if that makes sense. And, and a, as a reminder, the Bears are close to thirty million dollars under the cap heading to the March sixteenth uh, free agency uh, season. Uh, you're listening to Second City Sports live in Living Color, the Friday edition, right here on Sports Zone Chicago. We still have a couple of minutes left with our girl Christine Manica wrapping up the show for today and for this week. Christine, I was watching something in Lakina. I was watching the Tape Never Lies Network. Hopefully, we could get Dr. Phil Atoshin on this program somewhere down the yes. line. Of course, he's a Friday guest on uh, Sean and Maya in the morning right here on Sports on Chicago. Uh, he, that's the Chicago Bears podcast. They do a great job. I was watching yes, an interview that he did earlier this week with our girl, Deion Miller from ABC7 Chicago, and they were talking about Tariq Cohen. Tariq Cohen, of course, injured his ACL yeah, early in 2020. Of course, uh, he didn't play uh, this past season. No. Technically, he's still on the roster. Uh, and, of course, um, Ryan Poles was asked about Tariq Cohen the uh, the other day, and he said, we're not going to talk about that. And, of course, uh, Phil Atoshin uh, showed the tape of uh, Tariq Cohen uh, dancing, coming off mm-hmm. the field in the mm-hmm. regular season finale at Minnesota. So mm-hmm. something's not right uh, between Tariq and Bears in um, the new Bears brass. Yeah. I want to ask you, Christine, and, uh, and uh, Lakina mm-hmm. second, do you see Tariq Cohen being part of the, of the Bears' plans going forward? Me personally, I don't. I, you know, I do because he brings that energy to the team. I really think he gets the team going and I think he gets the crowd going. Wh- whatever is going on with him personally, you know, I, I wish him nothing but the best. I, I thought I read during the season that he was supposed to return around week seven, week eight, something like that. And I believe, I don't quote me on this, I believe he just had a baby too. So so who knows what, what's going on with Tariq? Again, we I wish him nothing but the best. But part of me does want him back on the team just because he does bring that energy. You know, I don't think, uh, I don't think you know, Montgomery would be the player that he is if it wasn't for someone like Tariq Cohen to have as a teammate and to have like a little partner in crime, so to speak. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they do with that because if that if that's true and that you know the, the new Bears brass isn't you know very 
please with uh Tariq is he and if, if he if he's taking up a lot of cap space I could probably see them saying you know bye bye but if it's if it, it, if it's not a big cap hit or he's not taking a lot of cap space I could probably see them perhaps maybe keeping them just because yeah. of that but again we haven't seen him play in like you know two years so yeah. I, I don't I really don't know you don't know what the the mindset is of what Ryan Poles and the rest of the you know, the brass is going to do but it's going right. to be something to look out for I, I believe all right, just a couple more titles before we call it a day. Christine, the Chicago Blackhawks honored Nicholas Jalmerson, a three-time Stanley Cup champion, last night as part of their over as part of their overtime win against the Edmonton Oilers. Of course, the trade deadline is coming up. I think you could say go goodbye to Mark Andre Fleury since the Blackhawks are nowhere near the playoff chase. Patrick Kane, John Detaze, and I believe Alex DeBrinket are free agents. I believe after next season. Uh, I'm not sure, but uh, Patrick Kane says he wants to be a Blackhawk for life. Yep. Uh, where do you see the future of this Blackhawks or organization? I I would like – there's definitely something new coming, especially when they just hired their new general manager. I think he's going to bring a new a new atmosphere, a mm -hmm. new, you know, camaraderie to the organization. They need that after the, after the season, the start of the season that they've had. Um, and, and, yeah, I, I do hope that – Guys like Kane and, and Taze, I, I do hope that they stay stay a Blackhawk. But, you know, it, it depends on where they see the team going forward. Do they mm -hmm. see another championship with two veterans or three veterans, whatever? Or do they see it maybe with one or two veterans and just a completely whole new team? I don't know. It, it's like what we were saying with the Bears, too. They're kind of – you can't really read them at the moment, uh, at the moment especially with – with new management just taking over. So it, I think it's kind of a waiting game at this point, in all honesty. I feel like yeah, I've listened to, you know, to Mr. Davidson in interviews. He seems like a very, like, you know, straightforward, you know, he's very open. He's very honest. I like that. He said, you know, rebuild. I know a lot of yeah. black house fans don't want to hear that, but I think that's probably something that they're going to have to do if they want to perhaps maybe contend with also the other stuff going on. We'll see what happens with Kaner and the Otates. I know that Kaner especially wants to stay a Blackhawk, but yeah. he still got the you know, the Jones brothers, and I think Seth has like the bad contract, so that's another yeah. issue that they got to figure it out. To break it, who you know who uh, won that game for them against the Oilers uh, last night? So I, I don't know, but yeah, I'm sure they'll figure it out. I mean, they they got other problems the Blackhawks do, yeah. so. You know, hopefully they can figure that part out. But uh, yeah, and the, rest, the the way they're treating some of their TV guys, you know, you know, we've talked about it. You know, last couple of shows, say, you know, Pat mm -hmm. Foley and also now John Weidman. Yeah, you it's know, a again, mess. Again, no, no, again, there's no shade to all the all the younger folks. You know, they're, they're all about about your age, Christine, who are doing. You know, they yeah. all do a great job. Mm -hmm. You know, Jason Ross, who we, we've had on. You know, Kaylee Chelios, Chris Bosses. Hopefully, we'll have him on at some point. You know, Kobe Cohen and. You know, all the other guys, you know, Mike Monaco, they've all done a really great job. It's just that the way they're treating the old guard, that's the big issue. So yeah. what, what do you think mm -hmm. about that, Christine, real quick? Yeah, you know, I I don't think I could explain it any better than what you did. Um, It, it definitely, it, it, they want to, they're trying to appease to to our generation, obviously. Um, And I know, like what you said, they don't want to hear the word rebuild. Nobody wants to hear that with a team, especially when it's a team like the Blackhawks that has had that's created a dynasty pretty much and then just have a have a bad year um, not too long after that. So it, all teams go through it. Um, I, I think there's going to be some sort of a restructure, whether that includes, you know, like when you said Taze and, and Kane, it, it's yet to be determined. Uh, last question for you, Christine, before we close out the final line as, as we um, go to college basketball, the smaller conference 
conference tournaments are uh, concluding this weekend. Of course, the big Power Five conferences are this time next week. But I want to ask you about the final line. Of course, they beat Penn State last night for the, their 21st uh, victory of the season. Of course, at this by this time next week, they'll be playing hopefully in the big deeper into the Big Ten tournament. Where do you see this uh, final line? I tell you, do you see them as a final four uh, team, or do you see them uh, bowing out? Uh, perhaps in the earlier rounds like they did last year? I think they're hungry, that's for sure. You know, I think that loss left kind of a, a sour taste in their mouth, and I could tell that all those kids on there, they wanted it. So I think they have a chance to make it to the Final Four, but it just depends on how much fight that they have in them, you know? Do, do they want to go beyond, and do they want to erase whatever happened last year, or are they just going to be like, okay, okay, we're just getting back into it. Let's see how this all plays out. So I, I do see them potentially going into, you know, maybe even the, yeah, Sweet 16. Why not? Could be interesting, too, about the matchups yeah. as well now. On, uh, you know, what are you guys looking forward to this weekend? We, you know, we got the old college hoop season winding down. We got, we talked about a little bit, some of the NBA matches that are coming up this weekend. What are you guys looking forward to? So I'll start with you. Of course, that Bulls-Bucks game tonight uh, is on ESPN nationally, locally, as I mentioned, on NBC Sports Chicago. Hopefully nothing too crazy comes out with the Grayson Allen uh, situation. If they give him a hard foul, so be it. Let's not do anything too stupid because this game mm -hmm. is much more important to the Bulls. Right. We know the league is watching. Uh, NBA Commissioner Adam Silver is watching. Obviously, it's on ESPN, so the whole world is watching. Hopefully, the Bulls can compose themselves in and take care of business there. And also number two in college basketball, hopefully the Loyola Ramblers, as we mentioned, they knocked out Illinois last year in the NCAA tournament, but hopefully they can make it to the their conference tournament game this year in the Missouri Valley. Right. Christine, I know um, you guys like something like a golf tournament. Congrats to your guy for winning uh, one of the, uh, the nationwide oh, tournaments yeah, over the weekend. Yeah. Yes, he, he is the 2022 Bakersfield Open champion. Yeah, nice. yeah, he, he had a really good, really good round. I'm very proud of him. So, like, does he have any other tournaments coming up this weekend, or what, what are you looking forward to this he, weekend? He just wise? wrapped up one yesterday because you know it's raining out there in, in California, so they did uh two rounds in one day yesterday. So, they played 36 holes. He got in the top, top 15, so he did really well. Um, but the summit league here is in town in Sioux Falls, so ah. I'm gonna catch a catch a couple of games uh, of that tomorrow. That's for sure. Um, but yeah, I think right now, Chris is just, uh, he has one tournament next week. I think it's a day tournament. And then, and then he's got a little bit of a down period. Oh, cool. Excellent. Yeah. So gonna... it's been a really good couple of weeks for him. Oh, great. We're going to tell him, we tell him, you know, we're, yeah, we're cheering for him. Yeah, and... by saying that. Yeah. 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 Tell him we're going to be cheering for him and, you know, you know going to be, just keep, keep on, you know, keep yeah. it going. Hopefully he can do yeah, that. Yeah, I'll uh, tell him that. Thank you. No One day he would probably be playing, playing in the Masters. You never know. Since the Masters is coming up early no, next month. <laughs> that's the goal. Yeah, let's, let's hope so. Uh, I'm looking forward to, uh, like you get, like you said, so hopefully Loyola can make a nice run here in the Missouri Valley mm -hmm. Conference Tournament and perhaps get into the dance. That way I don't have to sweat it out next Sunday. Um, a lot of NBA games you guys mentioned. Uh, yeah, just a, a lot of really great – look, there's no baseball, but look, yeah. there's other sports, you know, going on all over, well, with, with soccer and such, you know, MLS, and, of course, you know, the Premier League and whatnot. So still a lot right. of sports, you know, going on too, folks. So, yeah, no baseball, but, you know, get into some of, some of the other sports, especially with college hoops kind of, you know, getting down so wire here this season. Yeah. Now, uh, on that note, you follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter and at Keenan McGee on the IG. 
You can follow yours truly, Sydney Brown, on the Twitter and the IG at SidKid80. Once again, it's SidKid80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. S-I-D-K-I-D-80. Thank you to Cheryl Ray Staff from WBEZ in Chicago, the, the A-Sports reported for joining us along with Christine as well. Uh, thanks to both of those ladies joining us. You can uh, make sure you download the Sports on Chicago app. Make sure you follow Sports on Chicago on all social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast at War on Anchor. And make sure you follow War Media at WAR Media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And as always, thank you very much for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. Chrissy, where can people find you on the social media streets? They can find me at cmanica underscore KXRB right there. <laughs> <laughs> Keep it Pretty simple. Nothing nice. simpler than that. <laughs> yes. Make sure you listen to sports and watch and listen to sports on uh, uh, listen to Second City Sports every Monday, every Friday, right here on Sports Zone Chicago from noon to 2 p.m. Central Standard Time. One more again, as Christine and the younger kids would say, make sure you catch Second City Sports every Monday, every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. Central Standard Time, right here on Sports Zone Chicago. Lakina, take us home. I know, I know it's a little warmer out there all over the country. I know it's going to be like in the 60s and some it's parts like of the area. It's like a heat wave. Oh, okay. okay. Don't here tomorrow. Wow, <laughs> it's going to be raining. Oh. Ah, it's okay. We'll get look. Like I said, we'll, we'll get, probably get the warm up whenever we're getting here. Yeah, we'll, we'll yeah. probably get the warm up here next week uh, over there for sure. So for Cindy Christine, I'm Lakia. This has been Second City Sports on Sports on Chicago. And uh, look, if you're not getting vaccinated, you know, look, you know, wash your hands and just be good to each other. And uh, we'll see you Monday and uh, enjoy the sports. Go Bulls! Holla! <laughs>